0: Welcome to Game Face, episode 360. I had planned on doing like this little spinny thing here in the seat, but I realized that my knees hit the wall behind me to commemorate to 360, so you're just going to have to deal with this. <laughs> I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of awesome video game discussion. Alongside me to do that, of course, is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt?
1: Oh, some Liberty, some Phantoms. Yeah. We're
0: going to talk today about
1: uh, some elders, Cyberpunk. Some Elders, Yeah,
0: we've both been playing Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Litter. We're going to talk about that today. Um, Also, sadly, Matt, we're going to miss um, Assassin's Creed Mirage by one day. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is the review embargo for Assassin's Creed Mirage, and I have it. But the timing of the show didn't work out. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until next week's episode to talk about the game. Uh, But look for it on Sifted.net tomorrow. We'll have, obviously, we'll curate all the reviews as we always do for all the big games. So, look out for that. I'll say this. I did not get the review code for that as early as I had anticipated. That's all I'm going to say. I thought you it might haven't seen come a little in,
1: earlier than it Even did. in the review groups, I mean, I haven't seen anybody talking about it, which is unusual. Yeah, Usually I get Assassin's Creed review code a couple weeks
0: before the game comes out. Now, mm-hmm. granted, usually Assassin's Creed games are huge. Yeah. And they've already said this one's smaller. Uh, so maybe they're counting on it, not taking as long yeah, to get through. I mean, but it's
1: supposedly only about 20 hours to so yeah. do everything, yep. which is about old Assassin's Creed yeah.
0: style. I'm, I'm excited for it. Hope you guys are, too. It comes out technically on Friday. Is that correct? The 5th is Friday?
1: Um, I the 5th was Thursday. Is it? Yeah.
0: It today's, is scheduled for the 5th. Today's
1: fifth. the 3rd. Yes.
0: 3rd, yeah. Hey, yeah, right. That's Thursday night. That's so weird for Thursday to be a release date for I a big know. game like that. But anyway, we'll have to wait until next week's episode for us to discuss that. Um, And obviously, as we've been talking about for the last like three months, October is here, (laughs) and it is an insane month. If you haven't watched Dossier yet, which is our rundown of all the big games coming each month, um, if you are not a patron, that will be up on our YouTube channel maybe tonight, probably tomorrow morning. Uh, But our patrons have already watched that, obviously, and have seen that there's 15, legitimately, 15 games worth buying in October. So this is going to be probably... The best month of the year for Game Face, I would argue. Um, as far as like the games that are in the show, um, this one started a little slow because we're still playing the games from last month, but once we get into October, all bets are off. It's going to be an awesome, awesome month for video games. How has your week been other than Cyberpunk, Matt?
1: That's all right. Yeah? Not a lot. I mean, I'm not to remember what I was doing. We did our last film festival with both short films from a few years ago in it. Tarzana. I saw some photos of that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was fine. It was uh, the last. Where's Tarzana? It doesn't matter because the theater was in Sherman Oaks.
0: Oh, <laughs> why did they market it as like Tarzana? Because
1: they're sponsored by the Ed- Edgar Rice Burroughs Foundation, so there's a bunch of Tarzan stuff in it. Gotcha, gotcha. How did it go? Oh, it was fine. Yeah. It were was, there were there a good crowd there? Uh, p- pretty good crowd. It was more like it's it was it's an interesting festival because it is it is by like a guy who kind of also just wants to hang out with his famous friends. So there was like. Some people there to meet, that, like, like, like the boom operator from Twin Peaks
0: was there. <laughs> Oddly enough.
1: <laughs> uh, Bruce Boxleitner was there the last night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people. There was some stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all right. Uh, the, the, the one block that Cabaceo was in was a little odd in places. There was a Mandalorian fan film trailer in it. That was audibly confused the audience. That seems a
0: little strange. <laughs> it was
1: an, an unusual block, yeah. i tell you that much.
0: <laughs> and then you had your dancing short in yeah. there.
1: It was all musical-related <laughs> stuff, I guess, in a way. Except for that trailer, I guess. Well, except it was all set to music. So a sort of. It was like a music video in a yeah. way. I don't know. I, I, it's a very hard. And then I looked it up, and it turned out that half the footage was from another trailer for that same Mandalorian fan group from like seven years ago. And Whoa. I'm like, I don't... No, Wait, what, is the Mandalorian
0: is, seven years old now?
1: No, their Mandalorian fans have been around since nineteen eighty. Oh, So they
0: created before the show even launched. Oh, yeah, is what you're saying guy. These
1: it. are people that just dress up as Mandalorians in armor. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that's existed since Boba Fett first appeared.
0: Yeah, Boba Fett has always been this like huge character in the Star Wars yeah. universe, despite the fact that he hardly even appeared in the films. How much was the total runtime across all the films? Probably oh, like, like
1: three minutes, maybe less than that. Yeah, probably. like he only has like five lines ever. I mean, he he shows up. <laughs> He follows Han Solo, stands around and complains a couple times to Darth Vader. He's at the misses, pit. Misses shooting at Luke yeah. and then flies away. Right. And then in Return of the Jedi, he stands around, yeah. decides to rocket pack to close the gap between himself and a melee fighter for some right, reason. Right. He gets hit in the back by a blind man and dies screaming yeah. in a pit. Yeah, that's that's Boba Fett. Boba Fett is does nothing. It is kind of Boba Fett was popular because his armor design is cool, and he was the first figure you could get from Empire Strikes Back through a mail away offer. That's it. He was also kind of quiet; like
0: you never got to see his face. Like
1: supposed to be like a gunslinger, sort of like that, but he's he's an idiot. Yeah, like and actually, they continue that to this day. Like Boba Fett, if you really pay attention to like even pre-Disney stuff, he sucks. Yeah, like outside of like the (laughs) comics. And the books that try to make him a badass, right? Like in the actual stuff, like George yeah. Lucas and the like, he he's doesn't. A he's, he's a kid. He doesn't succeed at what he's trying to do in the Clone Wars series. Yeah. In the book of Boba Fett, he needs all this help to do even basic stuff. In Star Tours, he chases you <laughs> if you get the Geonosis ending. He chases you and gets blown up by his own sonic mind. All
0: right, right.
1: Like he doesn't. <laughs> overrated. Boba Fett is an idiot, man, the man, <laughs> Din Djarin and the Mandalorian is the cool ass Mandalorian that everybody thinks Boba Fett is. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't. You're right. Yeah. It's, that's a good point.
0: Um, so anyway, yeah, my week's been just basically playing games, just, um, trying to figure out how I'm going to wrap my head around October and get everything done, trying to schedule things out a little bit in anticipation of all the games we're gonna have to play and try to, uh, talk about here on game face. It's going to be an awesome month for you guys. I think it's gonna be ultimately be awesome for us too. Um, I'd rather have too many awesome games to play than not enough. I guess I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, so anyway, October is about ready to roll. Obviously, we're getting here a little bit early um, before things really get rolling. Um, the first week of October is a little slow, and then after that, it's just hold on to your wallets. It's going to be an awesome month. Again, I highly recommend that you check out Dossier. Uh, if you're a patron, it's live right now. If you're not, it will be on our YouTube channel for free for everybody else here in the next day-ish. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, We do have a ton of housekeeping in this week's episode, not as much with the games, uh, but we do have three, I think, awesome games to talk about later on in the show. Uh, But the housekeeping is pretty intense, but before we do that, we're going to check you guys out and see what you guys are saying on this awesome Tuesday, Um, and thank everybody who hooked us up with Twitch Prime, because that's very, very important to us. Um, People are already starting to talk about what they're going to play in October, um Let's see. Eric Carmen is playing Pokemon Violet. Also, oh, he's playing that new DLC, which seems to be getting pretty good reviews, other than the fact that the game still runs like ass. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to change. <laughs> that's not going to change. Uh, Cinotype says, I'm still on Baldur's Gate 3 and Dune Spice Wars. Interesting. I have not uh, checked that out yet.
1: Not sure how good that or bad that, just that is. Hit, that hit uh, 1.0, I think, three weeks ago. Oh, gotcha. I've been early Spawning
0: over Luna today, of course, as usual. Um, Toon Medic, I finally get to catch you guys live. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Toon Medic. We really appreciate it. Good to see that you're able to uh, make it in for the show live. I know everybody has jobs, and sometimes that's not possible. But thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime while you're here in person. That's awesome. Um. Uh, Short F says, "Man, I know this is a gaming podcast, but as a dev, this, these past few months have been a crap show in game in the gaming industry. Yep, and we're about to get to a bunch of that stuff in our housekeeping section of today's show. There's a lot going on in the industry right now, and yeah, some all, of it
1: for all the game, the high level games coming out this year, you wouldn't know it if you're working on them.
0: No, you're right. It feels like they're not valued. The people who are making these games, they're not. Yeah, you're just sense like you're breaking. There's just a, ranking there's a reason
1: it feels that way because because they aren't. Yeah."
0: Um, MK Ness, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. Hope you're doing good. Um, are you sure he
1: died in the Sarlacc? Eric is asking. I mean, <laughs> yes. Like they can they can do all the fan fiction they want with an official stamp on it, but he died in the yeah. I mean, you've seen Book of Boba Fett. Did you think that was worth dragging him out of the Sarlacc for? Yeah. The guys in the vespas with the slowest car chase in the history of the television. Yep and then eric says i think the dlc runs worse the pokemon dlc <laughs> that's saying something
0: man uh contano says it's the luna show featuring matt and shane fair enough <laughs> it's luna it's you know luna's world we're just living in it um and it looks like uh, well there's a lot of you should be ready for twitch prime it's the turnover of the month usually we get a bunch of those but maybe later on some people will show up and they'll give them to us but anyway looks like a pretty mellow day for you guys in the chat Uh, But it's not going to be a mellow day for us on Game Face. We have tons of awesome stuff to get to, and we should just get cracking on it. Let's kick off our housekeeping. We're going to start off with the first details on Far Cry 7. Matt, both you and I were disappointed in Far Cry 6. And in fact, it was probably the least played Far Cry for me personally,
1: maybe ever. Yeah. I mean, it's the first one I haven't finished since. For me, maybe ever. Yeah, it's actually the first one I haven't finished. Yeah, I finish them
0: all. Like I get hooked on them and I just go until I get them done. And that game, I don't know, I got maybe 12 hours into it and just totally lost interest in it. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% sure why.
1: I think it was just the same thing over and over again in a way that, you know, it didn't even have a new idea to it mm-hmm. and um I don't know, like it wasn't anything particularly compelling about the narrative, like, just, I mean, there wasn't much compelling about Five's narrative either. No, um, but there was always a hope that they were going to do something interesting with it, and it, just never happened. I mean, the big story was him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an actor's in it. That was
0: like the really the big story for Far Cry Six like a popular actor it's one of the lead roles plays
1: the bad guy but it's the same thing as all the bad guys since three it was like okay he's a really interesting character but he shows up like three times Mm -hmm. like he just he doesn't play a role in anything he's other than
0: rearing his son who really was kind of the antagonist really in the game but he's
1: also sort of like is he gonna you know the question is like who who gets who gets the kid's soul basically yeah but it's like Voss with the whole it's like okay like he has a good scene but then they kill him and he He's People gone. forget that Voss was hardly barely in, the in game. that game.
0: <laughs> he was, what's his but name? that shows uh,
1: you Pagan, how memorable Pagan he was. Min, barely in the game. Yeah. Uh, even the, the family in Five, barely in the game. Yeah, you're right. Although, I, I will give Six credit where they finally backed off a little bit of the constant hallucinatory drug scenes, yep. where it's just like, yeah, okay, another dream sequence. I don't what
0: know the, whether this is real or oh, fake. Oh, what could it be? <laughs>
1: I and like, you. and the five had that mandatory. You're constantly being kidnapped. Yeah. after everything, yeah, correct. Like, right. well, stop. <laughs> like, but,
0: uh, certainly Mexican. Thank you for Twitch
1: Prime. Thanks for getting in there a little they're late. Good games, but it's just like, I don't know. Like it, it, it feels like I still. There's some areas where they still haven't top two. Mm-hmm. Um, two had uh, a more believable open world in some way. You were, you were being hunted by the the bounty hunters, and that felt good. They've never had fire. Spreading as good as 2. Like, 2, if somebody accidentally blew off something flammable, like, the Head whole the firefight hills. turned into, a like, a <laughs> conflagration. I mean, yeah. It be, <laughs> like, it, it changed the whole fight. Yeah. Like it, and by the end of it, everything was burned down and trees were falling over. I mean, it was... Yeah, yeah. Th- that, that felt like some big stuff happened and, like, and it just never disappeared. They yeah. Never, that never. They never brought that back again. Which is bizarre. Really, um, if you go back now, do you get, put some visual mods on Far Cry Two and put in the mod that makes it so uh, security checkpoints don't respawn every five seconds? Mm-hmm. Uh, that game's still great. Probably still, at this point, worth being remastered. I would say so. I, I think if you want, like, I think if they need some interim here after Far Cry Pandora, mm-hmm. um, I think a, a tweaked version of Far Cry Two would be a really good idea. Yep.
0: Well. Website Insider Gaming, and here on Game Face, we always attribute the people who are breaking the stories. Insider Gaming is reporting that Far Cry 7, first of all, is coming in fall of 2025. And the whole concept behind the game is that you have 72 hours of in-game time to rescue your rich kidnapped family from a conspiracy group called the Sons of Truth. Um, again, Insider Gaming is reporting that it'll feature a non-linear story that plays out over... And again, must be completed with 72 in-game hours that equates to about 24 hours of real time, which is about right. I mean, I play a game for 24 hours. I'm typically pretty good. Um, So it's kind of like Pikmin style, though, this game where you have like X amount of time to finish the objective. People hated that in the first Pikmin.
1: Not not a fan of that. Yeah. I have a a feeling that will not survive focus testing.
0: You think so? Yeah. Um they all, and uh, Insider Gaming also says that the timer will stop within certain locations, like safe houses. Um, and they said uh, one of the main objectives of the game is to track down and rescue all your family members. And if you want to 100% the game and get, like, all the trophies, all the achievements, you're going to have to rescue all of them. But the game is completely nonlinear. So you can rescue them in what order you want to or whatever order that you see fit Um there's also new enemy interrogation mechanics where enemies can lie, they can refuse to cooperate, or even escape, and you have to track them down if they escape. Um, and yeah, again, it's a non-linear story, which, let's be honest, like even though Far Cry has typically been an open-world game, the story has been pretty linear throughout yeah. um, the series history. So that's a pretty big departure. And in fact, you know, just the concept for the game is a pretty big, yeah, big departure. I mean, they've
1: done that before, where like the in Five, you could choose which. Which family member to attack? Each you know, you, it basically branched after the beginning. It branched into three different directions. You choose which one to do first, and then it came back together as the yeah the final thing. I don't expect much more than that. Okay, on this, I mean. This sounds again like Ubisoft doing their, like, there's all these things you're going to be able to say, yeah, but I'm really just going to do the same thing I've done six times already. <laughs> right? Like, cause I, you know, because I've, I've seen the trailer for Breakpoint.
0: Yeah. Well, you you also think, like, the rescuing the, the family members probably just means going to some crazy yeah. outpost, killing everybody, everybody and then going them, into their
1: final room, and then leaving. <laughs> and then and then now be- they're at their safe house. <laughs> right, yeah. And they're mysteriously at every safe house. Right. Yeah,
0: everyone there. you go to, they just somehow make it there. <laughs>
1: But at least the time doesn't tick off while you're in the yeah. safe house, Matt. <laughs> but like, so does time pass when you fast travel? I don't know. Does details... there no fast travel? Like, what? I'm sure it work? will be. It's it, they're clearly going to like mess with. Like, I, I don't believe for one second that that timer is going to be some kind of hard limit. No, like there'll be ways to extend to it, to fudge or, it, or or remove it or whatever like hell i just said it's an accessibility option it might be probably, an accessibility be option able actually disable that i think yeah like, it might be that that's the case that feels like a really lame way of trying to like address the whole idea that these games like drag on forever it's just, like they don't drag on forever because there's no time limit on the main story they drag on forever because it's just you're doing the same thing 40 times yeah no you're right I mean, I think a lot of these open world games, they could do better
0: to make them shorter and get rid of the repetition. But we've had we've been uh, screaming up that tree for a while here on Game Face. Um, I mean, generally, I would say, though, I think this is a huge improvement for Far Cry, Matt, because, again, the last one, I really had felt like I had burned out on the the formula. I had finally. And again, you know, there are young people every day who are just turning of age to play M-rated games who haven't played 20 Far Cries. You have to keep that in mind not everyone is like us who have played everyone from the beginning Um, but still I think even for those people they've played a couple Far Cry's at this point and and based on the sales of Far Cry 6 I think they're getting sick of it too Matt so I think Ultimately, this is probably a really good decision for the future of the franchise. Now, the question becomes, will they be able to keep it up and keep the game innovative and fresh with each new entry? Or will they go right back to the old formula after this one if it doesn't sell better than the last one? Although, that's not exactly a tall order with how poorly Far Cry 6 sold. So, it does appear, Matt, that Ubisoft is aware that people are burning out on the Far Cry formula and at least is trying something new. But to your point, a lot of times Ubisoft, like, we find out stuff about like this about Ubisoft games, and you play the games, and they're not as different as advertised. No. So we might want to keep our fingers crossed on this one. But I do think it's
1: encouraging, at least. I think that the biggest trying. thing they can do with this series is not mess with that kind of part of the formula. You need to take it to more interesting places. You think that's the, the like, X factor? Yeah. Like, I think the Avatar thing is a step in the right direction, an alien planet or something. Go mm-hmm. go nuts with like. Like the things that are DLC expansions should be the games mm-hmm. at this point. Like you've done weird, horrible people in a remote location shooting each other for forty hours a, a couple number times of times. Now. times.
0: Yeah, we get it.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe do something a little offbeat. Maybe do you know like like go crazy. Like maybe Blood Dragon should be what you're looking at as sort of a template more than like. You know, oh, we need a timer. Yeah, I got that's not interesting to me. That's almost a guarantee I'm not going to play it unless there's a way to disable that. Yeah, Um, I hate timers in games.
0: I generally Um, do too. It does. I mean, it's successful at ratcheting up the tension, but it also ratchets up the annoyance. Sometimes it's a fine line
1: to walk. Like a long timer like that, it's either going to be so tight that you've wasted your time and it's going to be really irritating, or it's going to be so generous and long that there's no way to lose, and it won't matter. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. Like, there's no way to make that good. No, you're probably right, It's actually. either going to be irrelevant, or it's going to be infuriating. Yeah. Like, there's no middle road there. Like,
0: I also struggle, too. It's like, how would you... We were talking about having it as an accessibility option earlier. I really don't know how they do that. Yeah. Because you'd have to... We'd have to create cinematics for each variation of whether you have it turned on or you don't
1: because... Well, if you don't have it turned on, they just, everybody just acts like there's a timer in it. It's just like every other video game. Yeah. How many times does that happen? Yeah, but in Cyberpunk, it's like, you got to do this tonight. Like tonight i met that guy what four is weeks yeah. later like are you talking about i was out there doing bullshit in the in the world for however long and you get there it's like, it's like hope you didn't wait too long i like, hope you didn't wait too long that was a month ago dude like, it's like,
0: <laughs> you said we needed to do it tonight <laughs> you're right i mean they generally fudge it but it's like if you have cinematics where the bad guys are saying you have 48 hours to blah 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 you have 10 hours left the, t- the clock is ticking like if that's part of the narrative in the game it's hard to get rid of that stuff and put something else in, or just ignore it for people who
1: don't want it. Yeah, and you just ignore it; doesn't matter. I guess it's just dramatic license. I guess, just like any other game that does stuff like that, it happens all the time, and like nobody cares. Yeah,
0: I am excited to hear that they're trying something new with the franchise because I am a fan of it. And the last one, I couldn't believe how little I played it, how little draw I had to play more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so,
1: hopefully, I think about halfway through this, the six. Yeah. There's just a point where... Also, like, none of the stuff that they went on and on about mattered. Like, oh, "Oh, the outside in the country is so different from in the city. No, it's not. Like, you got to be careful in the city. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all the same shit. It kind of is. Like, it's all the same thing. Like... Oh, you can like you know you gotta you gotta improvise all these weapons. It's just an upgrade system, like every mm-hmm. other game has an upgrade system. Like, Except you use nails to yeah. It's just a, <laughs> build it's a different you know, instead of forty beaver skins, I'm using like five hammers or something. Yeah. It's like who cares? Like, yeah, it's true. It was not. It was a lateral move at best. Um, and yeah, like you know, getting uh, Giancarlo Esposito is a good get. He's like you know he's good in the role, but like that's nah, far cry yep there, there it you is go.
0: <laughs> um, it's just like okay whatever there's been a bunch of crazy clips in this bureau if you've been watching it there's been all yeah. kinds of there's been some cool stuff too there was one time where i hit a barrel with my car the barrel went flying like 300 yards ahead landed perfectly in a patch of fire and then exploded hmm. i mean that is kind of what's cool about far cry right oh, yeah it's those x factors those things that just like a lot of emerging. far
1: cry hinges on like where where is it set Mm-hmm. Kind of what the what's the time period? Mm-hmm. Um, like you, could, I, I would go either completely insane with it. Like you're on Mars, or something, right? Like, right. Like the <laughs> DLC that they did, where it's like, like so you're on another planet. You're on. They're all kind of doing that with fart uh, with Pandora. Yeah, I mean um, that's really what it is. It's just Far Cry Avatar. Yeah, it's Avatar yeah. Cry. Yeah, but like it's <laughs> Avatar. But it's like what I don't know. Like the other thing you could do, I guess, would be to like really lean in on something. Interesting, or historical, like you know, but like you'd you'd lose some of the wackiness. Like, mm-hmm. like I would, you know, I think Far Cry's base formula would would uh, translate pretty well, to like a French Resistance game. Yeah, but it's a lot harder to have like wacky drug missions when right. you're fighting nazis yeah especially these days yeah speaking of which that story summation makes me assume that it's going to take place in the united states <laughs> um, very well might what's the conspiracy group called the sons of truth yeah it feels uh <laughs> it sounds like very apropos it was very 2013 2023 uh america there it does yep so anyway, that's But again, will they have any balls to put some teeth on that? Yeah, Probably not. Because I thought Far Cry 5 had the chance to address some of that stuff, and it, and it just chickened completely yeah, out. It really did.
0: Yeah, and they, I'm getting, my guess is they'll do the same thing here. But mm. I'm still excited to hear that they're at least trying something new at the franchise. It needs to have a new twist, a new wrinkle, or whatever. And like you, I am also pretty excited for Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, um, because I think it might be... The template that i really enjoy in a new setting that will make it better or make it at least more interesting so mm-hmm. anyway there you go that's far cry 7 my guess is the game isn't going to come probably i mean they're saying fall 2025 that probably makes sense yeah because they're yeah. going to fish up avatar it's about done right now and then they got to get cracking and that gives you two years they probably already done the theory, pre-production with a the small team
1: to like february 2026
0: maybe for the next get in stay in the same fiscal but into yeah. the next year yeah So we'll see. But as of right now, again, according to Insider Gaming, Far Cry 7 coming in fall of 2025 with all the tweaks that we just talked about. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about PlayStation CEO Paul Ryan leaving PlayStation. He's retiring in February of 2024. He cited uh, the reason for stepping down was that he lives in Europe but has to work in the United States and that that commute is killing him. I could totally understand that. I mean, that would make me want to quit my job like having to fly constantly and not even just flying to America. It's not like he's flying the seven hours from Europe to New York or to Philly or even to Miami or whatever. He has to fly all the way across the United States, all the way to California. I mean, that's Mm. like a 13 hour flight each way.
1: What in the world is happening here that he has to be here in person for that all the time, especially with zoom and all that. But look,
0: it's a Japanese company, Matt, and they do things differently. Their expectations are different. And my guess is that's part of what's, tied into his decision making yeah make your
1: money step away yeah sure he's
0: been there 30 years yeah he's
1: you put your time in
0: my guess is he's worth 10 million dollars or more at this point working at sony as a c-level exec all that time getting stock options all the stuff that you get once you reach that level in your career he's good to go money wise and it's actually kind of interesting because if you watch any interviews with him where he's more candid from the last couple years he talks about it every time he, mm-hmm. Every time he talks about, well, you know, I live here. My family's here, but I'm constantly having to fly to America and blah, blah, blah. He's like, where's you out? Like, we kind of saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Pactor saw it coming, by the way. Pactor predicted he was going to retire back in May. He went on a whole thing about it. I'm sitting there. I'm like, why would he do that? He's only been, like we we're recording it. I actually paused it. and I was like, come on, dude. Think seriously about this. He's only been on the job for like three years. Like he's worked his whole career in that Sony for this job. He finally got it. Why would he quit after three years? He's like, I'm telling you.
1: Cause three years is how long it takes those stock options to mature.
0: You're right. <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you, he's like 65. He's been there for like almost 30 years. Like he's made mm-hmm. his money. He has no reason to stay. Like he launched PS five. He launched PlayStation VR two. That's pretty much it for the next like four or five years. He's like, why wouldn't he? And I was, and then I'm like, okay, all right, you convinced me. And then we finished mm-hmm. recording the episode. And as it turns out, once again, he was right. And it's so sad how people, he gets one little thing wrong. The whole internet piles on him. He gets stuff like this all the time. But people have just like tuned him out and don't watch him anymore. I don't know. But it's a shame that he, I, we tweeted it out. You know, that he had predicted it back. In, no one cares. They only care when he's wrong. It's yeah. so sad the way the internet is. is but that, anyway.
1: Zed Sabre Juno asked what was stopping him from simply living in the U.S., um, family family's over there also maybe he didn't want to live somewhere where you're one medical crisis away from financial ruin mm-hmm. whereas in Europe well you not for not. him that, he's rich enough that he can right. absorb it but well you never know that's though. true I you mean, get cancer depending on how much equity is tied up in real estate or whatever very yeah. quickly if you have cancer so anyway what do you think the fallout of
0: this is they've already said that they, they're appointing someone as an interim I think someone from Sony Japan is mm-hmm. going to stand in temporarily what do you think they need in their next leader Matt I I don't
1: know really like they're doing fine like stay the course i guess i mean they've had one big first party game this year yeah but they're still in the lead by they're uncatchable
0: yeah it's do do you find it a little disturbing or maybe upsetting that you i mean in my opinion it feels like sony's mismanaged this generation and yet it still is just gonna has a license to just win well, everybody. everybody is misman- that much better. Everybody
1: but- mismanaged this generation. They launched too early. Yeah. Nintendo's irrelevant because they're playing their own game. Uh, they both launched too early. Like Sony. Sony didn't have a schedule or plan in place. They they had to keep everything cross generation for for three years. Uh, Xbox hasn't gotten their new newly acquired devs up and running until now. I mean, Starfield is probably the beginning of that. Um, But we'll see if we get, you know, the other, you know, Hellblade 2 is reportedly pretty much done. We'll see if that shows up early next year. It looks like the tides turning for Xbox. Yeah, but like we are hitting a point where like, yeah, if they had launched last year, I think we'd all feel a little better right now. Mm -hmm. But they were, it was just like, you know, it all, it all hit at the same time. You know, they both mismanaged it. But because of that mismanagement, it doesn't really matter. And then what does matter is the fact that Sony had a stronger library compared to the main competition and that's all that counts. Like they don't need to have a stronger lineup this year because Xbox doesn't either. Like who else who el- Who are they against? They're competing with themselves at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean Xbox has had a better release calendar this year than PlayStation has. Yeah, but
1: most people don't know that. Yeah. Like they, they they're so far behind it just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know like and Does it make could, you wonder what they And the impo- that could change the next generation, but probably not. Does it make you question just how important like exclusives really are? um well i mean they're important to sony but are they because they only had one really this year or they're gonna have one i mean they're gonna they're gonna win awards for last of us and that's their exclusive that's because they own that
0: right wait i mean the last of us game was released years ago the show oh the show you think they care about that
1: a hundred percent really a hundred and four thousand percent absolutely prestige in that regard Absolutely. Because even just prestige over the fucking movies and TV division. Because remember, PlayStation formed their own production wing. Yeah. And, like, the fact that their show is getting all this praise while, meanwhile, everybody talks about how the only good thing Sony Pictures puts out is an animated Spider-Man movie series, mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's some internal anger. And, and all the, Sony, division, Sony, corporate all the Sony, corporate Sony corporate divisions hate each other. Like, everybody yeah. knows that. Like, I don't think anybody hated anyone more than they all, the rest of them, hated the TV division. But, like, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, you know, that's all right there. Like, believe, you'd be shocked at how much mind share is taken up of, of that in sony apparently um which is bizarre to me that like you wouldn't kind of try, at least try to have some kind of united front but it just doesn't happen
0: i, I just don't think it matters to the video game business
1: oh 100
0: like for instance my aunt was just in town she's 67 years old and she brought up the last of us tv show to me she's like hey i really like that last of us thing I mean, it's totally breaking outside of the boundaries of gaming. I totally oh, yeah. understand that. And it does make a difference for Sony corporate. But for our purposes, we're looking at, like, one big PlayStation exclusive for 2023. But, and you, it, does, but it doesn't matter. No, it's, it, like, doesn't. it hasn't hurt PlayStation also, you, at all.
1: Do you know what most common question I've gotten from people who was, were finally exposed to any of Sony's material through The Last of Us? How do I play that? Hmm that's good to hear they're interested in playing that Mm -hmm. game and i'm like i don't know if you want to play it (laughs) um but like it's it's uh but it it is working for them um is anything else working for them no we saw the uncharted movie that didn't work out for them Mm -hmm. but uncharted is probably a dead franchise at this point It it doesn't feel that way yeah um but that is going to go going forward is going to be more and more of an issue and the fact that they own those properties is why they can do that um Hell, even Twisted Metal ended up getting pretty good reviews, which you never would have believed from that trailer, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um,
0: What I was getting at is that, like, his replacement, to me, needs... And it's not his fault that the first party release schedule didn't work out this year or whatever. It's partially his fault, but not primarily. But I do think his replacement needs to crack the whip, so to speak, a little more on the first party department to get them in line and get them scheduling stuff so you're getting at least, like, three exclusives a year? Like... I don't think that this is sustainable, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I feel like if, if PlayStation keeps doing this where it's one, maybe two big exclusives a year, I do think eventually you will see their leads start to slip and people will start gravitating towards Xbox because I don't that's going to so happen at the same time that Xbox is really starting to get things in gear. Yeah, like I, next I just, year I is going to be a
1: great year for Xbox. Yeah, I just don't think that's true at all. I, th- I think the console war shit is too strong, and I think people are too married to the brand. So that's what I was getting at. Like,
0: it doesn't matter. Like, there's yeah. just so many PlayStation fans that no matter how mm. poorly they're treated, which, let's be honest, that's that's really what this is, they're going to keep coming back yeah. for more.
1: And it doesn't matter, because even if you don't get a ton of exclusives, you can play literally every other game that's released on the right. system anyway, so who cares? Like Again, what I was getting at is, like, first party doesn't seem to matter to PlayStation fans, hardly... At all, I think it can certainly push you over the edge if you're like you know deciding between the two. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, I think it's fairly rare. Most people think PlayStation; they think games at this yeah. point, right? Um, certainly, Call of Duty—that's their lead platform, which is what half that fucking legal argument was about. Yeah, um, I just don't think uh, I don't think it matters. Like, I, I don't. I don't know what Xbox. Expo- I mean, obviously, it's possible to wrest uh, control away from. PlayStation, uh, Xbox PlayStation 3, did Xbox it from Nintendo. Yeah, and, well, and Xbox happened. 360 did it. Did it from PS3. From PS2. Yeah. Go back to the PS2 generation and try telling people, oh, next generation, Xbox, Xbox is going to win. Shit. And people yeah. are barely going to own PS3s because they're so overpriced and barely play anything properly. But you know what people well, who will bubble that up that? with? Well, ultimately, PlayStation won. Right. But, like, yeah, after they got super cheap and became, like, basically emulation <laughs> right. like machines. Sure. year seven, it, it right. won. <laughs> when nobody cared anymore. Yeah. Right. But like, so it's, it's, you're right. It's possible. It's that's possible, what I'm getting at here. But it's like,
0: like,
1: do I believe current Xbox can do that? Not really. You know.
0: Oh, admit I've lost some faith. Yeah. <laughs> like the opportunity totally is arguably assessment. there,
1: but also like, what? I mean, you're gonna they're gonna have to keep this. Like that new Fable is gonna have to be real fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. like they, they have to deliver on all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Right now it's just all talk and numbers. Yeah. And, and that, I mean they're already kind of up against the wall on a couple of things where it's like. Like, I know they've started the messaging already, but they're somehow going to have to really get the word out that Avowed is not Starfield. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Avowed is not Oblivion. Right. And it's it's Outer Worlds fantasy, basically. Yeah. And they're going to have to really message that, or the whole narrative around that game is going to be like, I thought this was going to be a 400-hour open-world game, this and instead. it's a 30-hour story. And yeah. it's just like, you know, they they really got to get ahead of all that, all that stuff.
0: And I would agree with you that messaging is something that Microsoft's not great at. Yeah. Things that they can yeah. improve on, too. So, and the, the, I think the Xbox
1: stuff is just not very attractive in the retail space right now. Yeah. Um, in part because they're, you know, rectangles. It's it is like, kind of
0: interesting that Starfield has done so well financially, despite being yeah. free on Game Pass. Like, it's still sold very, very well. Yeah,
1: clearly people are buying that game, yeah. even though they could just download I mean, yeah. I did. Yeah. Like, I yeah. bought that fancy case and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. I mean, that's who I am. But I don't buy those anymore unless it's something I'm really interested yeah. in. And that was one of it. Yeah. I still haven't even turned the watch on. I, <laughs> really yeah maybe at this point it's just better to just leave it Yeah, i might i yeah. might i mean the, the case is sure cool yeah like the way it opens and yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's nice to have it the fun thing about it is having an in-universe item I For think sure. that's the cool thing about yeah. that one i agree it's better than a statue yeah so anyway big transition coming
0: up for playstation it'll be interesting to see who they select you think they're gonna select someone from japan or the west
1: I think the West, yeah, just to keep the balance.
0: It just makes sense. Yeah. The market is way bigger. I think you want a leader who understands that market as well mm. as possible. Um, so I would agree. I think it's going to be someone from the West. I don't know who, though. Because before, we always kind of saw this person in the wings. Yeah. Like, we saw Andrew House for years and years before he became the CEO. And he didn't last very long either. <laughs> it yeah. is funny how these people work at PlayStation for, like, 20 years. They finally get to the top of the mountain, and then they last for, like, two years. and They're like, get me out of here. Well, I, I'm,
1: I'm sure it's a terrible job. It probably <laughs> I mean, is. Thankless obviously job. Obviously, you're compensated. I mean, it's the thanking is the millions of dollars you make over the course of years with, uh, you know, capital gains. But, like, yeah, imagine you know you're you're running one of the biggest entertainment products in the world. You're trying to balance relations with all these different developers and publishers all over the place from all these different cultures and all these different countries you're trying to keep your weirdo Japan Sony bosses happy who, like, God knows what the hell that's (laughs) about. I don't want to know Um, what they ask them to do. You know, because you know that they're still the home office. They're still in charge, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to think of themselves in charge. And so even no matter how high-powered an executive you are in the West, you're still going to have to go back home to the home office in Tokyo and bow and scrape. You know, it's like, it's, um, I'm sure it's, it's a And then, like, I mean, with, with, uh, with Paul, like, factor in having to, like, fly all the time, you uh, know, these 20-hour flights, where I was like, yeah, I can see why you only was three years doing that. Like, yep. that's, hell, just go get another, C- you know, CEO job. Who cares yeah, <laughs> at yeah. that point? Like go, Any generic Go run whatever. Warner Brothers. You're going to at least make some money off that one, you know? <laughs> and you have a better one. You life. can do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't have to make any sense. Aslav is just basically shooting things in the head. And th- I mean, you think he's going to go work at EA next.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: So anyway, there you go. Paul Ryan leaving PlayStation. We should,
0: I'm guessing in the next month or two, we'll learn about his replacement. Probably I also will. agree, probably from the West. Um, Shohei Yoshida. Seemed like he was kind of in line for this job, but then he was demoted he like it. a while yeah. ago. Well, so. I don't even know if he'd want it even Maybe if he not. was. I Maybe mean, not. Because he can probably see just how crappy a job it would be. But you get paid very, very well. So some people are willing to step up and do it. So we'll wait and we'll find out who his replacement is. Shouldn't be too much longer to wait. Uh, next up layoffs at epic games matt something i thought i would never hear coming out of my mouth but epic games has laid off 16 percent of its total workforce almost a thousand employees epic has laid off now caveat here is that it basically just dissolved two companies that it purchased bandcamp and super awesome i'm not even sure what super awesome does when it acquired Bandcamp, both of us were like, "What? Like, mm-hmm. why would Epic buy Bandcamp?"
1: And it turned out they basically liquidated it and sold it to somebody else. Right, so, and so we were right. Exactly we're like, there's, yeah. no so there were, "There's no reason for them
0: to buy it." So there were there's a couple of bad acquisitions that they're yeah. kind of correcting. They also
1: here. gutted Mediatonic. They did, yep. Yeah, which is the studio Fall that makes Guys. Fall Guys. But um, then they sold to Epic, and I hope that was a small enough company that everybody got some equity because, wow. I mean, they all got—my most. My guess is they got paid out well. I hope so. I would hope that so, That doesn't too. always happen. You're right, especially for the rank-and-file employees. Talked to
0: Mo Yang about that. Yeah, non-management. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't always get paid out in those instances. Uh, but you would think with Epic buying your company that your boss would negotiate something to make sure you get taken care of. Who knows? But you would hope anyway. Yeah, that was—
1: um, uh... Mm.
0: So we're seeing some financial issues at Epic. What do you think is the root of these problems?
1: I think the root is that Tim Sweeney's an idiot. You think so? Yes. You think he's another idiot billionaire? They're all idiots. It really does kind of, of seem that way. <laughs> like the, one of the most helpful things we could do in the modern age is to uh, disabuse ourselves of the notion that if you are a billionaire, you you are a billionaire because you're smart, or if you're, you're just rich, you're smart. Yeah, yeah. it's not because you're smart; it's because you were either lucky. Or, or an ruthless. Asshole.
0: <laughs> or that's an asshole. it. Yeah.
1: They're lucky, or and or sociopaths, like yeah. almost all the time. Yeah, I
0: mean, I can speak with my experience working in corporate America that, like, the people that I knew who ended up going beyond like middle management, they were the assholes. They're the ones who didn't care about their workers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who.
1: Well also, that, remember, Tim Sweeney just a few months ago was making fun of other layoffs. Right, and that Epic would never have that's true because actually. Epic stands strong through recessions, and sh- and now here we are. Yeah and yep. as it admitted like oh we focused too much on what we thought the like like Fortnite's revenues were going to be it's like oh be, who could have seen that coming mm-hmm. that that was going to shift when you when you basically started attempting actively attempting to fleece everybody all the time now everybody's shifted to basically doing more basically leaning further into the free to play model and they've lost some whales yeah um, and they I was, don't have. They have not diversified the business into anything else outside of the Unreal licensing, which is so generous that it doesn't really make them money over hand over fist like it used to.
0: you are seeing this right now: the Fortnite Unreal Editor. I, that is, I believe, Epic's attempt at monetizing fortnite in a different way and creating a new revenue
1: stream but yeah i just think they're overestimating how many people are willing to and or actually able to do stuff like this yeah to build things that people actually want to play yeah it's like i go and
0: check out like roblox every once in a while with my nieces and nephews and i'm like why are you playing this like Mm -hmm. they're just the the worst games and i think part of the charm for them is playing
1: terrible games yeah there is an element of that
0: i think my nieces and nephews are like this game is goofy and stupid and i want to play it which is really bizarre i don't think they play a lot of stuff in roblox because they think it's excellent it's just, it's like almost like, well, all my friends at school, we're on a leaderboard and we're all trying to get the high score. Like that's what drives them to play Roblox, yeah. not the high quality of the content on Roblox.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that happens. You know, I mean, that happened to us too. Like you remember, mm-hmm. G four was basically brought to its knees at one point by that Winnie the Poop baseball game. Right, right. <laughs> and that and that a crash thing. Yeah,
0: the Abram brings up a good point. The Epic Game Store is a huge money sink because it yeah. is. They're giving away, like, three free games a week to anybody who just wants to click on a link. You get it for free. Like, they're paying for each one of those games. It, I mean, it's—the sad part is that what's happening is Epic is willing to lose billions of dollars giving away free games and isn't willing to keep people employed right. at his company. <laughs> like,
1: But, like, now more and more you're sort of like, okay, like, I saw that strategy. It's been years. It's what are you not doing? Working. Either, like, like do you, at this point, you, it's like— have you figured out it's not working? Like,
0: I agree. I, I don't understand why why it's continued to do this. Like, there's got to be still an, not winning, There's got
1: to be an end game in there somewhere. You'd think, but you would it think. just doesn't seem not yet. Apparently, it, it doesn't like, seem. I don't know. It. I don't like, know. What's what, the idea to, to out steam Steam? Because that doesn't seem to be happening. It hasn't happened.
0: You're not going to be able to pull people away from their gigantic libraries. I think Epic should have figured yeah. that out by now. Meanwhile, they did the 20th games. anniversary
1: thing. It's like yeah, people have 20 years wrapped up in that. Thing. Yep. Yeah, so... Even I, I, mean, I don't care that much, you know, if something's, usually if something I'm interested in will go Epic Games exclusive, I'll, if I want to play it enough, I'll do that. But I'm not buying an Assassin's Creed Mirage on Epic Games store. Yeah. Because I have all the Assassin's Creeds on Steam. Yeah. So I'm just going to get it on, like, PlayStation. Where my get, collection or, is. or Xbox, where my my other collection, you know, because basically, I usually I did first run on Xbox. And then I would get them on Steam when they're like five dollars, you know. Yeah. They, inevitably, the, the Ubisoft does big sales eventually with everything. Yeah. So over the years, I have gotten, you know, all the Assassin's Creeds after the fact for cheap. But like, yeah, I'm not going to suddenly start it to go all over again on the Epic Games Store. I'm just going to get yeah. it on, on on Xbox.
0: I don't care how many free games you give me a week. It's, I'm still never going to catch up with my Steam library. Yeah, it's just not going to happen.
1: I'm even kind of annoyed that getting it on Xbox doesn't get me Xbox Play anywhere for that. No, well, you're right. I can't even play it on PC. That That's a night. good point. Luckily, it's not pretty enough to really care yeah. about that.
0: Um, I was obviously nervous when I heard about these layoffs, worried that our friends maybe had lost their jobs. A lot of our friends moved from here yeah. out to Rale- Raleigh, North
1: Carolina. Yeah. let be honest, there. if you get laid off from Epic, where else are you going to go in Raleigh? Nowhere. You know, like I
0: this? mean, t- truth be told, they don't want to be there. So they want to, most of them move mm-hmm. there only because it's like, Right. There aren't jobs for us anymore. Well, some people,
1: some of them, love it there.
0: They do now, a, but they didn't want to move there initially. Right. They're like, "This is like kind of the last chance I have to get a job doing this stuff." And they right. were right. I mean, let's well, be honest. Now it's like, you
1: can't come back to L. A. anymore because it's too expensive, and there's still no jobs that, like that here.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, so you're right. Maybe they would be stuck out there trying to find gigs. But is it it sounds like they're all okay. I don't think any of our friends lost. I don't their know jobs.
1: anyone who who got laid. Off. I, yeah, I, I didn't do, see anything. I on do know some people got laid off from uh, E. A oh really that's that we right. know I don't think you know them but I know them. Yeah.
0: so anyway it's funny like you just think Epic is this company it's like why would it ever need to lay people off and let's be honest
1: it really didn't it didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth of the matter go look at what tim sweeney got paid right this year yeah and tell me that that guy couldn't have just taken a hit and kept these people on yeah
0: he totally could um, have and figured out something to do with the business you
1: remember when we, the wii u bombed and iwata took a half pay cut yeah to to make up for it that'll never happen here in the US. There's not a, Never, there's not ever. a lot of executives uh, like Satoru Iwata yeah, people. Like that's let's true. just let's be yeah, yeah, I think we all know that. I'm not a hero worship Nintendo executive person, but Iwata was a legitimately good dude. He was from, from who what loved what games. Yeah. Who who absolutely loved games loved and games. loved his people. Yeah. Loved his employees. Like he he knew what what that should have been about.
0: Yep. So, just another billionaire who's <laughs> needs to squeeze out a couple pennies is going to take it out of his employees pockets, but not really a surprise, sadly. Um, I think it may be a surprise for some people, because some people just figured Fortnite, too big to fail, Epic, too big to fail with Unreal Engine and blah, blah, blah. It's not even about yeah. that, though. It's not about I mean, about if failing. you're going to keep
1: eating costs on the Epic Game Store, why not keep eating costs keeping people employed? Yeah. Like, whatever. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, anyway... Again, big layoffs at Epic. Best of luck to all those who are affected. That's a lot of people, man. Especially for the Raleigh area. I mean, that's a huge hit to the workforce. And that—that mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even really a major city. It's more like a town, really. It's
1: a town that exists because of Epic. I mean, it's basically like Surrey was with um, all the money Bullfrog in that and town. Lionhead.
0: Is coming from Epic.
1: Yeah. Yep. Luckily, Bullfrog and Lionhead were able—you know—were around long enough. They led to other developers mm-hmm. popping up there. So now Surrey is and Guilford are kind of a. Uh, you know, a development a, hub, a development hub built by Peter Molyneux. Yeah, yeah. In the end, but like that hasn't happened in Raleigh yet, outside of some very small satellite stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's. I, I mean, God help you if you bought a house there and all of a sudden you're laid off from Epic. Like, well, I don't know what you're gonna do. I mean, help, uh, remote work, I guess. But it's a it's a dire situation out there already, and like you have you, some of it's just nonsense. Like when the when Epic. Did their layoffs? You, I mean, I know it's his job and he has to. But the 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 man, like the 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 employment recruiter guy for EA was posting tweets about like, "Hey, come apply to EA." I'm like, you guys just laid a bunch of people off like four weeks ago. Like, it's not any better there. Like, what do you what are you gonna give them the jobs you just like fired people from? Like, what is that? They might. You could. I mean, they might. That happens.
0: Um. So anyway, not great times if you're an Epic employee right now. But also, it's not just Epic. Also, Sega is going through a rough patch here. Um, It just announced that it has canceled the game Hyenas, which was under development by Creative Assembly. Now, Creative Assembly... I forgot this existed. I know a lot of people had, but they just did a beta like last month. Yeah. And this trailer just came out like two weeks ago that we're seeing right Mm -hmm. now. It just came out. And Sega has canceled the game. It's made by Creative Assembly. And we expressed concerns about this game because Creative Assembly typically just makes real-time strategy games. The Total War RTS games, that's their wheelhouse. And we had talked about, you know, sometimes it works when you have a developer that's used to working on a genre and it tries something new. Sometimes that works out okay, sometimes it doesn't. It appears with this cooperative shooter, Hyenas, that that has not worked out.
1: I think it's more that no one cares about this genre and you're throwing money in a hole by making anything in it, whether you're good at it or not.
0: Yeah. The feedback on the beta was not good. No. That was another thing too. Like most of the people who played it were not happy with. it. But were similarly,
1: when was the last time anyone did a beta of a game like this and there was good feedback? Yeah. It it th- th- this little little corner of the shooter market is so saturated. I do not understand why people are trying anything in that regard. Because their games as a service, and they think they can live on. Yeah, but that just... trend is over. You're seeing you're seeing the basically the fumes we are, of yeah. that trend which is clearly over i think this this is more scummy because like when sega was in that real dark dry period creative assembly basically sh- put them on their backs and carried them through it really like did. those total war games were keeping them afloat they really were yeah then. and this is a real shitty way to repay a company i mean yeah okay shut hyenas down but let them move these people to other projects
0: yeah like they suffered layoffs. We should have mentioned that they yeah. did. They suffered a creative assembly. They had to lay people off because of this. So. Yeah, and
1: that's and that's just like, again, they're not your friends. Yeah. Like there is how no, many more times do no Matt and I loyalty. have to tell you this? There is none of that. There is no like <laughs> lifetime employee. There's no like oh I'm going to work for these guys for the rest of my. It doesn't exist. They will they will drop you like a number off a spreadsheet if it if, if, for one second you are never 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 their friend you are they are not there to help you
0: sometimes you people can just lose their jobs over to create a narrative yeah i mean there's a million ways you can lose your job in corporate america that are at no fault of your own in a lot of ways so mm-hmm. um this was canceled creative assembly suffered some layoffs meanwhile creative Assembly's a uh, total war pharaoh comes out this month mm-hmm. um it's coming out in a few weeks um to your point you know it's money in the bank those rts games pc players Love them. And it sells, like, two or three million copies every time. And they can get those games done in, like, a
1: year and a half. It's yeah, really insane. Their only real misfire has been Warhammer 3. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're just a, years and years and years. Yeah. Like, every time. They're an time.
0: RTS machine.
1: Um, and it's sad.
0: Like, you like to see developers branch out and try new stuff like they were trying with this, but... It doesn't always
1: work unfortunately and this was a case where it didn't. So, sometimes time's creative assembly's branched out it hasn't worked out too. remember that Spartan Total War like Oh uh, yeah, that's action right. action game spin-off thing they tried to do at one point. Oh, yeah. they did a they did a Vikings open world game that was actually decent. I remember that. I don't remember that one. Viking Battle for Asgard. I know, wasn't, wasn't it Vikings Battle for Asgard? It
0: sounds like it could be. It was uh, a <laughs> yeah, sure, that's probably the title of something, right?
1: Um no, he um no that was a, that was pretty good. It doesn't work right on PC anymore, but it was uh it was I played that like twice oh wow that was, that was a fun little open world game they made
0: well the other thing about it too is that Relic, which is also under the Sega umbrella, also just had layoffs like a couple months ago and now they're also saying that maybe the developer of football manager, which is sports interactive might be taking some cuts. Uh the humankind developer, Amplitude Studios, let's not forget Humankind did not do particularly well. They worked on that for a while. They may take some cuts, and they said Rovio could also see some cuts. So mm-hmm. things are not great in Sega Land right now. Things are not great
1: in game developer land. Like it's yeah, it's this is a terrible year for to be a game developer, it which really is weird is. because how much you know, the, the game schedule is maybe the best of all time and it's maybe the worst year of all time to work in the industry. Do you know why? Because all those projects are finishing, mm-hmm. and when a project finishes, they almost always lay off Somewhat, a certain percentage but also of the staff. Lot, yeah, but like a lot of these layoffs have nothing to do with any of those big. No, projects. you're right. It's just their convenient excuse. I mean, that's just what mm-hmm. studios do generally. So it's like I, I don't. I, you you go and watch and see if Insomniac lays off anyone from the Spider-Man team. Not going to happen.
0: Well, we do have some other layoffs to talk about here in a minute that I was kind of surprised by. So we'll see about that. Um, next story in housekeeping um meta quest 3 we finally got meta quest 3 fully unveiled this week they had put out the debut trailer that didn't have a lot of uh tech facts and like the actual nuts and bolts of what was going to be in it and really the the thing that stuck out to me in this re-unveiling of meta quest 3 is that it's just as good at ar as it is vr like Mm -hmm. i hadn't realized that this is kind of like apple's headset where it's it's a vr ar crossover and the ar is actually great if you You can see the whole focus of this new trailer is AR. It's not even really being in VR. Um, But at the same time, we did finally get a ton of final details for it, like the release date. Um, It's coming out October 10th, so in like a week. Um, Prices begin at $500 for the 128-gigabyte model. The 512-gigabyte model costs $650. That's a lot. You're paying... Yeah, that seems like a whole bunch. Although, really, the overpriced that's, to me that's is... That's a PS3
1: right there. Yeah.
0: To me, the overpriced, really, though, is the 500 for their 128
1: gigabytes. I like, mean, the, these are very overpriced machines. They didn't used to be.
0: Like, they used to be $300. Yeah, they used
1: to be the budget, but now they... And that's
0: why they were successful.
1: Right. Well, they're leaning more into the... I think they're leaning here more into the boutique experience to some degree. I think to some degree, because of what the PSVR 2 did, uh, in terms of what they're presenting technologically... But also, like, they're betting real hard that the convergence of AR and VR in a, in a convenient, like, just put it on and do it, as opposed to cords and another console. Uh, they're betting real hard that the wireless sort of convenience factor is what has made Quest successful and not the price. It's both that's
0: made it It probably successful.
1: is both, but they're betting that the convenience factor is the key thing. I do think the convenience factor is the key thing in terms of making... Whatever headset finally breaks out and becomes the the mass, the you know the the critical mass VR AR thing, mm-hmm. yes, the fact you mean it will just grab it, put it on, go is exactly what needs to happen. However, six hundred fifty dollars is I mean, lot. it's getting
0: back to the price of, like, tethered VR. Yeah. It's, it's come full circle. Now it's just as expensive and as, you're still like, st-
1: Oculus Rift stuff. And you're still stuck in the whole, like, and I'm going to play what on this? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money just to play Beat Saber nicer.
0: Well, they're they, I think they're doing a better job with getting games lined up for this. They, they are, the but that doesn't one. mean they're
1: doing a good job.
0: Yeah. One, one thing we should mention is that if you do buy either one of those versions, you do get what appears to be its best launch game for free, which is called Asgard's Wrath 2. Um, They also showed a quest version of this game called Lego Brick Tales that looked freaking amazing. Now, it's already been released in, like, another form in 2D. The VR version of Lego Brick Tales is like that demo that we saw of Minecraft for HoloLens. It's like you build stuff on a table, and then once you build it in AR, you can actually play it. Um, And I think that might be a big hit. So they're doing, I think, a little bit better with software. Uh, But let me get to the specs here. Um, So it has the Qualcomm Snapdragon XR2 Gen 2. Um, The last Quest had the XR2 Gen 1. Um, They're saying that it's like 40% more processing or whatever. I don't know how they come to those numbers because they're all pretty much fuzzy math. Um, As I said, it's way more AR-friendly than the first one and more than I thought, you know, just looking at the first trailer for it. Um, It has two RGB color cameras that combine with a depth projector, to deliver full color, high fidelity pass through, meaning like you just hit a button on it and mm. you can see through it without having to take it off, which was a big thing that they talked about with the Apple headset. It's also a big thing in PlayStation VR two, although I would argue it's not handled
1: as well in that as it is in these other two devices. No, although it's still functional. Like it's that is a big deal. Like being able to see what's around you without having to take the thing off is. I mean, again, not just because of convenience of and and various AR things, but because. One of the key elements of this and getting it to be a, a, a thing that someone plays regularly is giving them ways to, like, do what they need to do without having them take it off. Because once you take it off, there's the question of will they put it back on? Mm-hmm. And if you can let them do that without having to take the thing off, well, it's still on. I'm just going to go back to my thing. Like, that is a very important. Like, like, they all realize that at the same time, it seems. Or maybe it just became financially feasible to put that tech in in them all at the same time no yep. but that is an important part of the convenience method too for sure um it has 10 times the resolution of quest 2 and two times the
0: resolution of quest pro in pass-through mode uh, so again they're making pass-through mode a big deal because you have to have that in order to do augmented reality um it has eight gigabytes of DRAM. it weighs 515 grams how many pounds is that
1: hmm? <laughs> how many pounds is that 515 grams i want to say it's like a pound and a half I think it's more than that, isn't it? What's what? It's like a half a kilogram? Kilogram is what? Like three and a half pounds? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it can't be that heavy, or otherwise it'll be annoying to use. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's 2064 by 2208 pixels per eye, um, which is a 30% increase over MetaQuest 2. Um, it plays by default at 90 hertz. So 90 frames per second, they're saying that they're going to have like an an experimental mode for MetaQuest 3 that'll let you play at 120 frames. However...
1: Rock and Roll 4.5.8 says 1.13 pounds. Okay.
0: That sounds about right. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, So it looks like it's 90 frames per second, because most developers are going to develop to that spec. They're not going to develop to the 120, where maybe some people are using it some people
1: aren't. Yeah, the 120 spec seems like something for more... I bet you could do Beat Saber at 120. Maybe. Something like really simple, I'm guessing. Um, There's no eye-tracking. That's Which, interesting. That's a big deal
0: because mm-hmm. everything in VR now is all about eye tracking. And in fact, they want you to like use your eyes, like PlayStation VR 2. Yeah, it's like it's like use your eyes more than you. Like use. That's
1: the biggest b- drawback for me is like for six hundred fifty dollars, you don't have the eye, the eye tra- the foveated rendering thing. Yeah, like that's what's a you big doing? deal. What are you doing? Yeah, it's hard to buy. Like I'd rather have that than the AR stuff. I'd agree.
0: Yep. Um, also, it has two point four hours of battery life while playing most games. That seems okay.
1: Yeah, I mean. I'll be honest. When I play the VR stuff in the past, I mean, I have not, literally, have not opened my PlayStation VR two since you returned it to really? me. Really? Um, <laughs> but like, well, what was I going to play? Yeah. Um, but when I do play it, I play for longer than that. Oh, you do? Yeah. I See, for, I can't even make it more than ten minutes. So
0: well, I since that. I don't get, since I
1: don't get sick, I play for four or five hours, yeah. especially because I have to move furniture to do right. it. Right. So I'm gonna like really, You're gonna I, do I buckle down. You know, mm-hmm. I keep it out for a couple of days and play a lot. And then um, put it away again. And, and put it away again and then don't think about it until another game comes out, which has not been a problem because <laughs> there aren't any. That's
0: yeah, true. It's been pretty pathetic. i about a lineup to beat VR the PSVR
1: 2. Your lineup needs to be one game at this point.
0: Yep. Um, and then they have new controllers called Touch Plus controllers, and there's no ring around them. Mm-hmm. Like you just hold them, and there's not that weird, like almost like brass knuckles thing that a lot of VR controllers have. Right. And it has haptic feedback in the controllers just like the uh, DualSense does for PlayStation 5 um
1: i kind of like the ring to some degree yeah like just because it like it it gives you a little extra buffer zone buffer for when you're knocking into things I, I, they true. do they do become a problem like in like horizon sometimes they clack together yeah yeah but i'm climbing but like yeah for the most part they seem okay yep
0: and that's all the details that's all you're gonna get before it launches here in a week again it launches october 10th for 500 for 128 gigs which 128 gigs is plenty I think.
1: Yeah, well I mean
0: like you're gonna have five or six games on there, yeah. like that's as fine. long
1: as the power is the same. Right. And they
0: are. They're Who the cares? same. Yeah. It's just one has a bigger hard drive than the other. And again, the five twelve costs six hundred and fifty dollars. So there you go. You're armed with all the information you need to decide whether you want to buy a quest three. The eye tracking is a big problem. It is a big it's it's a huge deterrent compared yeah. to its competitors, honestly.
1: Like I was really thinking about it a little bit until I heard that and I'm just like, Oh yeah, Black Sierra asked, why was
0: there Halo in the Quest promo? Because Microsoft signed a deal with Meta where you're going to be able to play Xbox games on MetaQuest 3 in mm. VR. Like, I guess it just does some kind of
1: weird, cheap conversion of the game or something. No, it's just like, I, I'm sure it's just projecting it. It's like, a, it's probably streaming. Yeah. But interesting, nevertheless, that Microsoft. Just want you in the, it's, a game, it's Game Pass. They just want you in the, in the ecosystem. Much. Yeah. Because Microsoft,
0: as we all know, has decided to not pursue VR like at all um instead it's decided to yeah. find a partner that can so it can still make money off of vr without having to invest the money win-win
1: yeah and eventually i'm sure they'd like it to work out where they could have the the quests or whatever they end up with like compatible with xbox probably uh-huh. the next one let them let them worry about it mm-hmm. and then just make it work on and our then, they learned their lesson with the connect win-win them? which it only, took them a while which only just stopped <laughs> being manufactured <laughs> Yeah, which is insane that they well, the, just stopped manufacturing. The Connect was still being used for like industrial stuff, like it was yeah. not for non-gaming applications. Yep. sort of like how they've they continue to use the Jaguar case mold for uh, dental machines. Right. Yeah, that <laughs> is weird. Just uh, happens to fit the hardware.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Cinetyke asks, "Will this kill PlayStation VR two? Way cheaper if you don't have a PS five. Good point. <laughs> you but can, you have to, something. You, would have to be you alive. Cannot kill for what it is to
1: die. Yeah, you cannot kill what's already <laughs> dead. Like PSVR two does not seem to be a, f- a factor no. to anything no. at this point. No like offense that. to anybody who has it, like, um, but yeah, it's pretty much dead. I'll over. I'll intend offense. I have it. I'll <laughs> intend offense to myself on that. It was a stupid <laughs> thing to buy, and I shouldn't have bought it. But what we didn't have a choice. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, that's that's absolutely getting written off at tax time. Believe you? No oh, yeah, that was a business expense. Well, yeah, it totally is. You were on the show talking about it. I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't for this. Yep, absolutely. I would uh, have taken my own advice and not bought it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Moving on. Next up, the next PlayStation exclusive going to PC is Horizon Forbidden West. It is coming to PC. By the time it launches for PC in early 2024, it will be about two years old. And we have established previously on Game Face that we are comfortable with 18 months being the period between a game launching on PS5 and then launching on PC. You're getting an extra six months in this case, so I think we're, we're all good as far as, like, if mm-hmm. you're a PlayStation owner, not being salty over losing the exclusivity of that game. Yeah, I mean, the DLC
1: has already been out for a year almost at that point. You're, yeah. You're fine.
0: And it is the definitive edition, which means it will roll the base game in with the one big story DLC that they released for it into one package. Um, but it's also coming to PlayStation 5, and it launches for PlayStation 5 in three days on October 6th. So don't go and buy horizon forbidden west here in the next few days because on friday you'll be able to
1: get it for the
0: same price and you'll get the dlc rolled into the game and then followed up for pc in mm-hmm. february of 2024 or if you've
1: already played everything on uh, the others you could i think i don't remember i think this, that's how that works i think if uh, the way they've done that when you buy the combined version you get a whole nother set of trophies is that true is that right Sometimes, I I don't it, know. sometimes it is, sometimes it and I don't remember how they did it with Horizon Because I know Horizon Zero Dawn uh, and the and the Frozen Wild separately are mm-hmm. different. Like they're treated as like a different skew in right. the PlayStation Store. And usually that means separate separate trophies.
0: Was there never a definitive edition of the first one?
1: Yeah, there's a combined edition. There is one? Yeah. Okay. And
0: they gave you they separate
1: trophies for it. I think they did. Okay. I can't remember. Because I never got the combined edition. But I know that like people that bought uh, PS5's this summer, it had a code for the combined Horizon Zero Dawn, I think. Okay. Or maybe it was, we had had Forbidden West. I the guarantee, I am 100% certain there's a combined version uh, of both of those. I think the only reason I've even really thought about putting this in the show, other than to let PC players know that an awesome
0: game is coming to PC really soon, is that because there have been so few real PlayStation 5 exclusives released since that game, that it almost feels too early even though it's been two years like mm-hmm. to me it does it's like wait a minute like what other games have come out since that game that was that are big playstation
1: exclusives like a couple like not very many yeah well they also did a flurry of you know, playstation releases out of the last, gate last year yeah as well like well, the launched. spider-mans yeah. and, and all. they were that. heavy loaded in the front yeah which like, makes the, sense the Two You're spider-mans came out came out on pc like within six months of mm-hmm. each other i think like it, yeah. it, it felt like they just did a bunch of pc releases yeah and I also I guess I wasn't paying attention it looks like all the Quantic Dream crap is on PC now or when mm-hmm. did that happen I don't. maybe that's been there forever and I just didn't pay attention which ones Detroit Become Human keeps getting yeah. thrown at me that on was Steam a while ago and, yeah. yeah I hadn't seen any ads because, for it because you
0: know it wasn't a huge exclusive that I know people in our chat will disagree with this or if people for whatever reason we have people in our chat that really like those games um, but for most people those were not right. huge exclusives so when they went to PC people didn't really no make a big stink about well, it well I
1: mean there's a few of those it's like, you know, I know that days gone has people that think it's not terrible for some reason, but like that came out on PC and mm-hmm. no one really, no one, no one really noticed. Yeah, so I'm anyway, sure it's better on PC, but yeah.
0: So anyway, again, um, Horizon Forbidden West Definitive Edition coming on Friday to PlayStation Five and then coming to PC in early 2024, um, and then we got a, a deluge. Of Netflix gaming related shows um, Netflix did some kind of event This past weekend uh, Where they showed off all their gaming related shows That are coming up and there's a ton And unfortunately we cannot show you B-roll for these Because hmm. they throw up copyright strikes So unfortunately we can't show you this stuff But you have to use your imagination And then when the show's over you can go to Sit And you can watch the trailers for all this stuff um, But there's one coming for Devil May Cry Which is like an animated anime series It's the same people that did
1: Castlevania
0: It is, yeah. yep, which has been pretty good um, there's a Tomb Raider show coming that picks up the story after the new trilogy, which you would figure it would go back yeah. in time. And once
1: again, talks about her becoming the tomb. Is she the Tomb Raider yet? Are we? What is <laughs> we the obsession with the rise of the Tomb Raider? What the hell is with you people? It's not that complicated. She runs around. She steals shit. Like that's it. Yeah. And it's in the title, <laughs> and then this month there is a
0: new show coming for Blood Dragon. Far Cry Three Blood Dragon's DLC is getting its own show on Netflix. Sure. To boy. our point about how Far Cry used to be better,
1: <laughs>
0: there's a. I mean, do you think
1: that that's going to do well? I, I don't. If I don't I'm going if I had to make an animated show out of a Far Cry, I would definitely pick Blood Dragon.
0: That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's the cl- it's it's sure. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, And then, in November, there's a show based on Anamusha.
1: Oh, who remembers Anamusha? Like,
0: nobody. But I'm hoping that maybe this is, like, Capcom testing the waters to see if there's actually interest in the franchise, and maybe it will come back? Capcom just said it wants to start tapping into some of its older IP, like, a few weeks ago. Maybe this is one of the targets, I don't know. Um, But I'm wondering how many people watching this show (laughs) don't even know what Anamusha is. Like, our chat knows because they're our age and they're like us. They grew up playing Onimusha. Um, my guess is a lot of the people who watch the show on no, YouTube no. probably have no clue what Onimusha is. No
1: genre, is. no, no sale.
0: It was a weird game. It was like a hack and slash with Resident Evil style fixed yeah.
1: cameras. It definitely started as a Resident Evil game yeah. at some point. It's. It's sort of like you know, Second like Devil May Cry started as Resident Evil Two, mm-hmm. and like it, it felt, felt like Unimusha probably started as Resident Evil Four or Maybe. something at some point. It's like another idea. Yeah, uh, I, I never found them very compelling. Uh, Three has they a were really popular. Three has a really great intro CG uh, with the giant mountain yeah, monster yeah, right. thing and mm-hmm. Jean Renault running around and stuff. Like that was just cool because of how weird it was, but I didn't like those games very much. Yeah. But anyway, they, didn't they didn't they do like a Smash Brothers clone with kind of game with that? For yes, they did actually. Yeah, wasn't there like a weird Onimusha was it like, like Warlords or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like a weird like yeah, beat beat em up <laughs> fighting game that. thing. Yeah. Maybe
0: it doesn't need to come back. But anyway, there is a show launching in November on Netflix for Onimusha, and then another season of Sonic Prime is coming. Um, which did you watch the first? season of that no, i forgot that existed until yeah you it's a kid it. show it's squarely yeah. targeted at yeah kids. It's sonic
1: yeah i don't sonic is for children yeah like, that
0: is the whole point yeah are you surprised that netflix is going so heavy on gaming
1: not really because it's built-in ip that they that you know i mean obviously on a musha questionable but like mm-hmm. yeah you know, it's it's built-in ip that you get to like you know people recognize yeah that's that's the key you know and all you need is early early hits yeah all the stuff looked pretty good. Um, and, and they again, have nothing else to do while they wait for Stranger Things Season 5. So, Yeah. Will that be the last season of Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah. I thought so. Thank God. Well, the kids are like 30 now. Yeah, now so they're not kids
0: anymore. It even the last season, I was like, okay, it's starting to stretch this a little bit here. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen some of these, these kids recently, but it's just like, what the fuck? hmm Yeah.
0: But anyway, Netflix is going all in on gaming which you, if you thought The Witcher was like the end of it all, you were wrong. There's just more and more gaming stuff coming, which I think is awesome. Like, I love seeing these properties that I care about um, in a new medium to see how they're handled, to see how the publishers handle them. Ubisoft has a huge hand in the Blood Dragon stuff. Like, Ubisoft, mm-hmm. uh, much like PlayStation, has its own <laughs> film and TV division. We that- sure
1: wouldn't want anything to go wrong with the integrity of Far Cry Blood Dragon. <laughs> exactly. I It'll hope be- the guy who basically single-handedly created that is involved in all that somehow. Well, well, the
0: weird thing about it is that Far Cry isn't in
1: the title of the show. It's just Blood Dragon. Well, that's why I hope it's... Because that dude basically created Far Cry Cry Blood Dragon without permission. Right, yeah. He was like, we should do this. And they're like, that doesn't sound very good. So he just made it on his own. He's like, check this out. And they're like, all right, I guess it does look pretty (laughs) cool. Coolest DLC in Far Cry history. I ran it. It wasn't DLC. Yeah, you're right. It was a a standalone game. game. That's right, I forgot about that. And like like, I I met that guy at... uh, you remember when people used to gather for B4? Yeah. Everybody getting Basically, in the day we'd before.
0: all just show up and get drunk like yeah. two days before E3. It's like basically the, what at it was. had the cat and fiddle
1: because yeah. everybody flew in early. Mm-hmm. And I met that guy over there and he was, and I was like, oh, that was awesome. And he's like, all I wanted to do was make a, a heavy metal laser game. And I'm like, <laughs> like, like it was just like, it's just literally, he's like, I wanted to play that game, so I made it. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's how you get great ideas. Yeah, that's true.
0: So, anyway, big stuff coming from Netflix if you're into games. Uh, next up. We found out this week that Gran Turismo Sport is going offline in January. Matt, this is probably the Gran Turismo that I have played the least in my gaming career. I Mm -hmm. I just... It felt like it was supposed to be, like, just that's a... a s-
1: that's a very close race for me. <laughs> the, the, the last six are all kind of... Well, the first neck neck, three, yeah. I played a ton. Like, up through A-Spec, I played a ton of Grand Turismo. A-Spec's Treason. probably the last one I really played to any long l- length of time.
0: And then after that, they just all started bleeding together, and I never yeah. really got into them. And this one felt as like a As soon as Forza showed up,
1: like, that was the end of Gran Turismo. Yeah, Tarzan, it really was for me, Yeah.
0: Um, this felt I'm like a even play spinoff, that like it wasn't even like a main entry, and for, so for whatever reason, I just
1: kind of ignored it. But it was huge. Like, yeah, this game originally, this game felt like basically stalling for time. Yeah, while the, while we wait, while the for next seven. big one showed up, but this turned out to be a huge
0: hit, and like that, I think the whole story of Gran Turismo the movie about the guy who was like. A Gran Turismo esports star yeah, he who was, now is he was like
1: playing this. He was
0: playing this. Yeah. This is the game that he trained on to become a real driver, and now he's not just a real driver. He's one of the best drivers in the sport. Yeah, which, that's pretty insane. It don't you think? Didn't translate to the box office. No, well, because the movie was terrible. But, but still, this game will go down in infamy for that reason alone. Like everybody always made oh, racing games. You know, playing racing video games isn't is the same as driving. Oh, really? Is it mm-hmm. not the same? Because- I mean, I mean
1: it isn't. He had to. The training was hard on him, but like, it does teach you some fundamentals of the physics of it, and the and the. Tra- I mean, lo- no, that's the big one was knowing the tracks by heart. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. I mean, knowing every curve, knowing all like that. That you that is an advantage. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah. every every driver in that league knows knows all that, but that is something that you can't learn. Except usually by experience, but he learned it through a video game, and that gave him like a weird jump in that. He had to learn, he had to basically get in shape to drive those cars, because that is literally a physical act of will. I mean, it is. people didn't, you know, we're just driving cars. Like, no, it's very hard. Yeah. It's very, very hard. Pretty
0: much every professional driver has iRacing and has a huge iRacing rig, like a $15,000, $20,000 iRacing rig. So even people who grew up driving real cars see the value in playing... Oh, yeah. video games
1: military pilots have flown simulators for as yeah. long longer than we've been alive it's true like any yeah. anytime you can practice in a realistic environment without risking your life or the the you know uh, or the vehicle, do it, yeah. Like that has always been valuable, yeah. you know. So I think ultimately,
0: Grand Turismo Sport is going to go down as a far more significant entry in the franchise than a lot of people maybe
1: thought, or at so. least they're a, a, one of the more interesting footnotes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next but up, And also offline just means the online play is going away. You still be able to play it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. You'll be able to play the single. It's not against.
0: Although all the that game was kind of focused on multiplayer. It was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not when I played it. Yeah. And
0: now we have a game that's definitely focused on multiplayer, or at least focused on uh, ultimate team. And that is EA Sports FC 24. The game launched last week. Didn't really even make a ripple here in the U.S. Sales were down 30% in Europe, where this game Mm -hmm. is one of the best sellers every year. Now, obviously, we've talked about it before on Game Face. This year, they dropped the FIFA license. They're like, nope, we can do it on our own. We'll still license all the players. I don't think we really know that. <laughs> they could not come to an agreement on mm. how much to pay FIFA for the license. Is what happened. Mm. So probably a little bit on both sides. But sales are down thirty percent so far. The first week of sales for this. Well, at retail, we don't know what it did. Right. Digitally. You're right. That is all physical. But still, I mean, that's a barometer at the very least. It's yeah. sales are down. But Why do you think that is? Do you think people care that much about the FIFA, or do you think they don't, don't recognize
1: it, it's the same game? That's the recognition, really. I don't think it matters. People hate FIFA. Like people, yeah, they, nobody they likes the organization right. FIFA. Yeah. It's just I'm, sh- I, I'm, sh- you know, I'm sorry, but EA's Football Club sounds like the like like that generic like also ran, you know, it sounds like All Star Football 2020 right. or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's like the, it's the the game on dreamcast are trying to trick you into buying instead of nfl 2k right, right. Yeah. and so i'm sure like not having that brand recognition on it is hurting it yeah um i've also seen some people that say they won't buy it because it focuses too much on women mm. which is like i <laughs> okay. mean cool be that <laughs> you don't be have to be that play the, you don't well have to done. play as
0: the women yeah you you don't, i'm want sure to. it's not that imp- <laughs> you're
1: not going to be forced to be yeah. a girl dude don't worry no one's coming for your dick over the over the internet <laughs> Believe me. No one's coming for your dick in real life either. Period. So just, there you
0: go. And I think, Matt, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. No one's coming for the dick, and so they hate the world. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here, Matt. So anyway, this is down 30% this year. Um, already, there's a controversy about... Ultimate Team, because one of the Ultimate Team things that everybody wants, there's no way to buy a pack of real money that will let you pay for the DLC that everybody wants. So you have to buy two, which results in you having way more fake mm. currency in the game than you ever
1: wanted. Yeah, and then you got to spend it on, oh, I don't have enough to buy this, other, so i guess just got to buy a little more, so then that's how they get you.
0: Exactly. It. Yep, and so EA's already getting raked over the coals. I mean, let's be honest, Ultimate Team is scummy in all EA Sports games. It just is. Yeah. And until you guys
1: stop paying the money and giving them the money, it's
0: never going to change.
1: So if you can look i don't think it's this audience that's doing that no definitely not we do
0: not have a big sports audience our youtube audience a little more casual right
1: but i think also more it's the people that would never even think about watching or listening to a gaming podcast or so that's just what they do like you've said before even if you spend this ultimate team's money you're spending what 300 dollars in the only game you buy all year yeah like it's not you're actually saving
0: money ultimately yeah Yeah. (laughs) compared to us anyway
1: so anyway, EA Sports FC 24,
0: do you think that they, I'm sure they accounted for some kind of a drop yeah. off? I
1: mean, even if that's the, if it's 30% all across the board, even with digital, that's not actually that bad. It's not for, that bad. It's but something I, you can work with at least it is. going forward. But I do think it's more money than they would have paid FIFA. Yeah, probably. But who knows what kind of a cut FIFA suddenly was demanding. That's change. true. Like that, I mean, I think that's what I keep thinking just in terms of why EA would back out of that or, or, or let that... That fall apart. It can't just be that they wanted more money for a license. It had to be they wanted a bigger cut of the revenue. It could be.
0: Or maybe they wanted to... Which might be
1: the same thing. Right. But,
0: or maybe they wanted more creative control
1: over actually the game itself. Yeah, like, who knows? It, who
0: knows? Yeah. Regardless, the math I don't think is working out for EA right I now. I mean, this is that a that real change. alien
1: versus predator situation. Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. it's, it doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> funny. But yeah, And FIFA's apparently going to try to make their... Uh, own game so oh
0: yeah if they can find somebody to make it and you know it's just going to be in a mobile piece of trash be my guess um next up we got news this morning we we're kind of wondering like one when the switch 2 is coming out and when if it does what's going to happen to the original switch Well nintendo gave us a little bit of insight into that today um when it shared that it is going to support the first switch with software at least until march of 2025
1: What does that tell you about Switch 2, Matt? I mean, it tells me it's going to be similar to last time where it's like... Or every other system. It's going to be backwards compatible. Yeah. Yeah. It better be. Yeah. Like, if you don't get to carry your Switch library forward to the new Switch... I don't. I don't. I'm, every single person in Nintendo's executive wing needs to be dragged outside and shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, like that's crazy. It like, it'll is, be crazy. Uh, like, digital libraries have to come with your account from now on. There are. There is no negotiation on that.
0: This is actually like the third hint that Nintendo has given us. Like, the mm-hmm. first one was when it talked about how important. The Nintendo account was. Right. And that it's making sure that everyone's accounts are going to move over to the next machine. That tells you right there that it's going to be backwards compatible. Now they've just doubled down on it here. Um, It does make me a little nervous that they're going to continue making games for that lower spec for
1: a while it's just it's just settings yeah it doesn't matter and it's like it's not like the new switch is going to be powerful enough to like completely change how you design anything it's
0: well i mean conceivably with the switch 2 you'll be able to build worlds with more polygons and triangles
1: so that's a setting though like you just can turn that up like that's Uh... fine yeah that's just a different mesh that's 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 unreal engine does that automatically yeah I don't know if it's that easy, but you're right. It's not as well, hard as I'm it used to be. I'm not saying it's automatic, but I'm saying it's just a setting. It's yeah. just low-res versus high-res detail. You can do that on a, you can go downstairs and watch that happen on Cyberpunk on my PC right, right, right now.
0: But if it were that simple, there wouldn't be the big blow-up over Series
1: S, and there, we wouldn't have the problems that Series S is causing in the industry. Well, the problem being caused is they can't make like high-end features run on that, like mm-hmm. because you can only turn the settings down so low uh, to make it run two th- two versions of the game. It was a split-screen problem at Bob's yeah. Gate. And let's not forget, part of it was Microsoft was too stupid to prioritize Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. if they'd realized what Baldur's Gate was going to be, it probably wouldn't have been that kind of a problem. Maybe, but like yeah. this is this is it's it's fine. It's fine. It's it's what it's what we expected. It was, there's no reason to expect anything else. Does this and give you
0: any hint of when Switch Two will launch?
1: Well, they supported 3ds for like two years, right? So I don't know. Like obviously not two years because. Yeah. That's a year and a half. Do you think maybe it's coming a little earlier next year than we're thinking? Do you think maybe it might
0: come in like the early part of the year, like a March, I, April? I think
1: we'd have heard of it by now. And we have been hearing about manufacturing by now. Um, so no, That's I, the X factor. So no, I think it's late, late next year. I, I'm sure it was difficult for them to give up the March launch because After it worked so well for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can tell you is that if they don't call it the Super Nintendo Switch, they're out of their minds. I, I think they're going to call it Switch 2. Switch Two is terrible. It really is, but name. I just it's think be, that it, they've it, made
0: so much money on it, Switch.
1: not No, this no, Super Nintendo Switch. I hope you're right. That That's has a way be. better name. It's also nostalgia bait. Like mm-hmm. it's exactly what you what you, what you're after. Like, yeah, it makes too much sense. which means it'll probably never happen. Yeah, the, la- the launch, the launch <laughs> teaser should just be a recreation of the first Super Nintendo tri- Super Nintendo commercial, yeah. but with the Switch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So I. I don't know. I. As far as what's this telling us about Switch 2, I don't think that much. Because, again, we kind of know already it's going to be backwards
1: compatible. the Nintendo Switch D4. Switch D4? (laughs) (laughs) I'll also accept that.
0: (laughs) It's definitely not going to be that. Um, But anyway, so look, if you own a Switch and you're wondering, like, when is the software going to stop coming for my machine before I have to upgrade to Switch 2, you're going to be covered at least six to nine months after the Switch 2 comes out um my guess is it may even extend beyond march 2025 again nintendo said at least until so i wouldn't be surprised if
1: we get as long as switch one stuff is selling well they'll keep they'll supporting keep making that. it yeah there's no nope. reason not there's nothing that's going to be a big revolution in how any of these games are made it's purely going to be turning settings up and down and
0: if switch two tanks out of the gate they will support switch one for
1: right. the next I, like four or I five cannot, years i can't see the switch two bombing like as long as it launches with something worthwhile we launch it with a new new Mario, which is got to be why they're holding back. You have to convince people Mario. to upgrade is a thing. Not with Nintendo, people yeah, just buy shit. Right, actually, <laughs> everyone <laughs> else you have to do that. But How many fucking DSs do you own? A lot. How many yeah. DSs do I hold? How on?
0: many GBAs exactly.
1: do I have? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm guilty
0: as charged.
1: <laughs> yeah. There we go. Nintendo Switch Advanced. Advance or advanced. For God's sake, Mark, this is advanced. <laughs> the NSA. That's a bad acronym, actually. Let's yeah, not, that let's isn't not good. Do that. Let's not do the <laughs> Nintendo Switch advanced.
0: Um, so, my guess, I think we're going to hear something about Switch
1: 2 at the Game Awards. I just do. Um, yeah, I mean, it would timing-wise, that would make sense. The only thing I could think would be if Nintendo wants to save that for themselves and not Jeff. Yeah. Um, but that's the only... F- reason I would say that would be held back
0: unless it's coming after well there's no E3 anymore I can't see them announcing it at Summer Game Fest or whatever no
1: but they can just do their own direct and it's the same really I mean actually what I could see is like a teaser thing with some little direct before the game awards and then I don't know. Somebody talks to Jeff about it at the Game Awards.
0: I think the teaser's at the Game Awards saying, watch out for our Nintendo Direct in February or January or whatever. I
1: don't think Nintendo wants another person's show to be where they premiere that hardware. Hmm. I think they want to do it themselves. Maybe. I think you will see it. I mean, they did it at
0: E3 for 20 years. You will either
1: see it in some small form before the Game Awards or it will not be at the Game Awards. Hmm. I don't think they will give Jeff that. All right. Uh, we'll see. Maybe when Reggie was still there, but not anymore. Yeah.
0: The good news is it's it's totally okay for you to start I, getting excited about Switch 2. It's happening. I don't, know, happening. If, I don't <laughs> know if Doug
1: Bowser is going to be that friendly.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then our final topic for today's housekeeping is something that I hinted at a little bit earlier, which is that Naughty Dog, the studio we all hold in very high regards, has just laid off a bunch of QA workers who apparently were working on the Last of Us multiplayer game that we've talked about a bunch of times here on the show. And rumors are swirling that it is going to be canceled. That's right. Sifters, a naughty dog game may be canceled. And I'm sure that's happened in the past, but not one that like was announced and like talked about by the studio. I'm sure they've had projects that just didn't work out and they canceled them quietly,
1: but yeah, although with this I'm I am other than the I mean obviously the layoffs suck. But I am tempted to say that nothing of value was lost.
0: Yeah, I can't say I'm going to shed any tears tonight over this revelation, um, other than the fact that a bunch of people were laid off. Now, they were QA people working on this game who were contract workers, so they Mm -hmm. technically weren't staff who were working in-house at Naughty Dog, but that's why they want you to be a contract worker, (laughs) because you're much easier to fire um, and then they don't have to pay you severance or any of that other stuff that a lot of people get
1: when they lose their jobs. Apparently, they were trying to tell current employees and laid off employees to be quiet about it. But if you don't give someone severance, then they don't have any reason to not be to be quiet about it. and you cannot enforce non-compete clauses in California, so that's the end of that. Why would
0: they not want people to know? Is it to just
1: save the naughty dog
0: reputation to be peerless? Yeah it's,
1: it's just, uh, um, you know, it's just image.
0: Cinetaiga asks, "Could it mean the testing is done and the game can launch?" No, you, you always you have to keep.
1: Do, you wouldn't do that with an ongoing online game. You have to. You, you have to keep people.
0: your QA at least until the first few months of the game being on the market. Then you can move them yeah. onto other games. But even then,
1: you still need that team on that game because yeah. you're going to do updates, and you're, it's on, an ongoing, living, breathing thing. Yeah, you, you still need to constantly test the new updates and the new patches and the upcoming deals whatever you're going to add to it like you would still have a functioning team on it that wouldn't be a layoff of this magnitude
0: and by the way i should mention this is not the game that the people were laid off from this is just the last of us multiplayer factions um mm-hmm. this is from the first game which i did not really resonate with I, it did seem like it had a pretty good audience but it was not my yeah thing. it's
1: always, I, I everyone i know even the people that are big multiplayer gamers i know none of them have ever really jived with the any of the naughty dog multiplayer this or uncharted like it just an uncharted i've never played this uh but uncharted multiplayer i just bounced right off yep even for me this and both of them i bounced off of it i just didn't catch my attention totally
0: respect people who did enjoy it um but it just wasn't for me um so yeah, I'm with you, Matt. To me, this isn't really that huge of a loss. It was not like I was waiting for it with bated breath, and I would rather Naughty Dog work on its new fantasy game or whatever the hell else it wants to work on, other mm-hmm. single player stuff. I mean, than they're doing on...
1: something because mocap started again. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if it's Last of Us Three or whatever that fan or something else. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping the next game is the new. Ice but game. if the if but. the SAG strike hits video games next, that might get put on uh, put on ice for a while. Yeah. Um,
0: I generally just don't generally like third-person multiplayer games. I usually like to play first-person. Um, third-person always just feels a little clunky to me. There have been exceptions. I enjoyed the Assassin's Creed multiplayer mode for mm. a couple of days before I I mean, it I can definitely out.
1: work. Gears of War works just right. fine. Yeah. But, like, just something... Something never quite clicked about Uncharted or Last of Us as multiplayer. Also, like... I never, in, a, in in all the hours I've played Uncharted and Last of Us at no point have I ever been playing those and thought you know what it would be great if I could play this against other people like it's just right. not, it's so not what I want out of that game. Naughty Dog's great at making single player games. Yeah. Just stick to doing
0: what you're great at. Like you don't have to have a multiplayer. Stick to the
1: rivers and the lakes that you're used to.
0: Look, I'm sure Sony corporate is like we need you guys to create a game that lives for the next 7 years so we can keep making money off of your fans for the next 7. I understand why they try, oh, sure. but, but not
1: everybody's gonna do me yeah. And also, especially Naughty Dog feels like a company. It feels like it's, if you got to have inspiration there. Yeah. Like The stuff is so over the top and time-consuming and, and detail-oriented that if you don't really love and believe what you're making, it's, it's gonna just not going to come through gonna in gonna, the work. It's, yeah, it's just not going to be there. Yep. So it's probably a much better use of everybody's time and, and Sony's money to just let Naughty Dog put out what Naughty Dog is best at. Agreed. Yep. So there you go. Give them freedom to experiment, but this doesn't feel like something that they wanted to do. Yeah it felt if this felt like a i i would probably i would also put money on it being a top down uh let's say request right from the from the company that wants what 10 games as a service out they're like we'll give you 30 people to
0: tinker around and see if you can find something and it sounds like they didn't so we'll see but it sounds like it was canceled to me personally i'm not going to shed any tears over it um and that's it for our housekeeping For episode 360, we're just about to get into the heart of Game Phase 360, but before then, here's a word from our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine & Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. So as it turns out, I was unable to turn my aunt onto LS Cream as I had hoped, mm. because she got here, she works for, as it turns out, she works for Mattel. She had worked for Kraft, she now works for Mattel. And also, by the way, I was like, hey you have any in inside lines on like transformer stuff and she's like oh yeah and i was like well you need to hook me up <laughs> like
1: <laughs> mattel doesn't make transformers i thought they did hasbro makes Transformers.
0: oh i thought they were the same like no under a same umbrella no. or whatever
1: mattel, no mattel and hasbro are the last standing toy companies wow that's kind of crazy there I'll has been some talk of merging no. every once in a while over the years but it hasn't happened and, and honestly nobody knows no, I wouldn't do anybody any favors yeah Hasbro's just successful enough to not need it, and Mattel is way too successful.
0: The funny part continue. is, she was like, "I do." She told me that she did have like people that she could talk to with the tra- with Transformers. I
1: mean, everybody in the toy industry knows each other. Oh. it's a small, it's a small world. Interesting. Um, but anyway, also, Mattel is trying to do some Transformer stuff right now, which is uh, probably not going to work out well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be able to get it to you for free, Matt. <laughs> no, nah,
1: I'm good. That's, I've seen it. They're fine. It's, we're all right.
0: Well. I did not get to turn her on to L.S. Cream, unfortunately, because she was staying out by Mattel, which is an El Segundo. Mm -hmm. By the way, I almost was killed driving to pick her up by a road rage incident. I was we were creeping along and my nav was like, get off this exit. And I'm like, "Okay." So I looked at my back mirror. Nobody go to pull out of the traffic to get off the exit. And some guy comes screaming up beside me like 100 miles an hour and almost hits me. I swerve over. He pulls over. Gets out of his car and comes up and like is trying to like kill me. His four-year-old daughter's in the car. A guy is losing his mind. And I just looked at him and I was like, what the hell? And I just took off. And I'm like, why am I even going to deal with you? So I just took off. And it turns out, you get to the end of the exit, there's a stoplight. And I was stuck there. And that dude pulled up and I thought he was going to kill me. Hmm. He's like, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who these... I'm like, dude, you're losing your mind. Why would I know who I'm why talking to? Why would I know? You almost hit me. I ignored you and went and you're still here yelling at me like I'm trying to talk reasoning to this guy and he was literally out of his mind. I really thought he was going to shoot me and kill me. The people parked next to me started calling nine one one. It was insane. I looked over; there was a woman who was like, like mortified. And I was like, okay, this is serious. Like, I at first I'm like, am I overreacting? No, uh-huh. this guy was psycho. He. I finally convinced him he was being a nut job. He gets back in his car and peels out and takes off, runs a red light, and almost hits like a person walking across the crosswalk. I'm like, what the hell? So anyway. I then pick her up and she's a big Packers fan and it was Thursday night and they were playing on Thursday night football and so we didn't go back to our place we ended up going to a bar in Santa Monica so she could watch her Packers and we watched football on the beach or whatever so I did not get to turn her on to Ellis Cream I did mention it to her though that I was like oh there's this drink I wanted you to try she does enjoy drinking but she never made it back to our place before we had to take her back to her hotel unfortunately but You guys should try L.S. Cream. Just go to creamls.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. Awesome website. Has everything you need to make awesome drinks with L.S. Cream or to just find out where to buy it locally or where to buy it online. I swear to you, I have not had a single person contact me and say, I tried L.S. Cream and I didn't like it. Not one. I have gotten dozens of messages from people saying, I tried it and I love it. So anecdotally everyone seems to like it head to creamls.com sifted and pick up your own bottle and with that on the plus side you didn't leave your wallet there that is true in el segundo and she did not know that song what the hell which is weird she's like total pop culture like crazy she's in her 60s but she acts like she's like in her 20s or 30s she had never heard that song I was like, what? Well, How she's that- the right age to have heard of it when she exactly. was... Exactly, when it came together. out. We I know. I, don't, I was blunt. Both me, my wife and I were like, really? You've never heard that song? She's like, nope. And then, of course, we sang it for her. So so anyway, it's time it to get like on. We, you were on a quest. I was. To sing it for her. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, let's get on with Game Face 360 proper. We're going to kick off the show with you guessed that we teased it in last week's episode... Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, the last piece of story-based DLC for Cyberpunk 2077, coming several really years... Really the only, the only story. Coming several years after the base release. We all know the story of how it launched. It was a disaster on PS4 and Xbox mm-hmm. One. Played much better on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. Um,
1: referenced even in the ad campaign for this. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know how... They, I'm... Props to that final line in the commercial, if you've seen the one with Idris Elba walking around. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, he's like, just remember, the game is fixed. Yeah, And I'm like, oh, I, I, I see you did there. there yeah, yeah. Okay. Like,
0: <laughs> it's pretty great. And it launched just a couple days after CD Projekt Red launched Cyberpunk 2077 2.0, which is what Matt and I talked about in last week's episode. But today, we're going to actually talk about the game. And I would argue, Matt, that this is kind of like Cyberpunk 2077 2.0.
1: Yeah, I mean, the story's about as long as, I would say, the main story in the the original game.
0: Yeah. It's about 18 to 20 hours long. I don't know how much time I spent. Probably 30 hours playing the base game to finish it would be my guess.
1: Well, my current save, because I started a new game when 2.0 hit, and I played up until, you know, up until the point at least where Phantom Liberty opens, uh, is is available as a quest. Um, I think at this point I'm around 50 hours total total for the whole thing yeah um, and I'm clearly not I'm not remotely done with uh, with the main story mm-hmm. I, I've done one branch of the three basically because yeah. one branch of the three gets you to where you need to be to do um, to do the uh, Phantom Liberty stuff mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense but uh, I'm I think I'm like two quests two two or three quests from the end of Phantom Liberty. Um, it's meaty. It's, it's big. It's real. It's it's for real. I'm not. I'm not even. And mean, there's a bunch of side stuff. There's more. There's a whole fixture with more gigs and and stuff. I mean, it's it's a it's a big chunk. I mean, it's just like you know, uh, uh, Heart of Stone and uh, Blood and Wine. Like it's yeah. a, it's a significant like chunk of content.
0: Yep. Now we're coming from two different perspectives here. I'm coming from the perspective of I finished Cyberpunk 2077 and then started playing this. You're coming from the perspective of you haven't finished it and you started playing it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how it starts. So for me, all I had to do was hit continue to when I, the, the main boot screen booted up. Hit continue. It drops me back into the open world. And then I get a phone call. And it says, hey, go here. And then I go there. And I will say this. When I got there, it was like this checkpoint with like dozens mm-hmm. and dozens of soldiers. And the first three times I tried to start it, they attacked me. And I got into these firefights that lasted for, like, 20 minutes before I ultimately died or just gave up and drove away.
1: Yeah, I think you're not supposed to get too close to the checkpoint.
0: In the car. Yeah. Because what I did was, the, the third time, I parked, like, a block away and walked right in, and mm-hmm. no one said a
1: word. Yeah, because you're supposed to basically stop and walk to the side here where this scene happens. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you get too close, they start to, the little eyeballs start popping up, or, you know, like, yep. and They're like, oh, and so yeah, and it's literally like fifty dudes
0: yet. that attack you. Yeah. So you basically you walk until you find this girl, and that triggers the opening cutscene where she makes Johnny Silverhand disappear, which we're seeing right now. Um, and for the first several hours of this DLC, Johnny is gone, and she is the voice in your ear, uh-huh.
1: but then. I don't want to spoil too much. Things eventually change. Yeah, I mean the the thrust of the story is trying to find her. Yeah, because she again, they don't know what cyberpunk is. (laughs) Um, They get the cyber right, but the punk part no, because basically the literally what has happened in this cutscene is is she asks you if you are a bad enough dude to rescue the president. Yep, like. And I don't know if there's anything less cyberpunk than teaming up with the president of the United States. (laughs) Like, I really don't. I I can't think of another thing. this
0: president is pretty badass. She's pretty cool. (laughs) Um,
1: They also have not, at least so far in my game, have not answered the question of what she was doing flying over Night City. Right. Because... So in the it, it's interesting because it gets into the politics of the world of cyberpunk, which is which are interesting, but most people aren't going to be familiar with because it's not really relevant, and you'd have to read a lot of shards or the RPG source books. But luckily for you, I have read the RPG <laughs> source books. Um, but basically, Night City is a free city, which means same and north and south. There's 51 states in the new United States north and south california have divided into their own things uh but most of the western states what are called free states so they participate in the federal government but they basically do not listen to the federal government they basically are their own entities um but they get the benefit of being part of the united states Uh, and then night city is a free city night city was neutral during the the unification wars And basically can do whatever it wants, Mm -hmm. which is handy for an open world game because it means that you don't have to pay attention to what would be legal or illegal outside of what Night City does. Yep. Um, It's also useful for a tabletop RPG in that regard. (laughs) Um, So, but, so the question kind of becomes, like, there's not really a lot of reason for the President of the United States to be this far west. So the reason she was out here is an open question early on. Yep. Um and then the girl that you're looking for is The
0: Netrunner like, girl in the opening cinematic yeah. is supposedly with her on the She's plane. She's with her on
1: the plane. She's like the basically the pres the president's right hand hacker. Yep. Uh and She's like Netrunner. And when the and the, the plane going down is actually a really cool scene. Like they it's a very impressive it's, yeah. sequence.
0: You'll see a little bit you'll see it in here actually. It's um, in the b roll.
1: And she disappears early on when you're escorting the president around like a real punk would. And, well, she's uh, supposed to be in the
0: plane, but you get to the plane.
1: The plane's just destroyed. It's like destroyed, like,
0: but the president's there and she's not there.
1: Yeah, everyone's dead or thrown around or whatever. Like Except it's, for it's the nasty. president, somehow. Well, she was in a, the the secure pod, right? And nobody else got in the pod. Yeah. Um, get off of my plane! <laughs>
2: um,
1: so, like, there's a whole thing with that, and then basically, it's you. You get her to safety, and you and she sends you to go find Idris Elba and that's how it starts. Yep. But that takes like three hours. It takes a
0: long like, time. Just like rescuing... you
1: to, just getting in Dogtown, which is the new area, is Dogtown. Yeah, the,
0: the, the area you saw just a couple minutes ago in the B-roll... That kind of underground like city thing, that's Dogtown. Yeah. You, well, actually, you're seeing it now. This, this is, is Dogtown. T- uh, basically,
1: yeah. it's an it's a it's an area in the southwest of Night City that you couldn't get into, but that, that checkpoint was always there. But there you was just no way through. to get in until yeah. now. And the checkpoint, you can go in and out. Once the early the prologue is done, you can actually leave and come back whenever you want. Like you're not stuck in Dogtown for the whole thing. You have to go through like a little, this little scanner checkpoint, which is clearly the game loading the the map, yep. the other map in. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's like you can get. I mean, this. It, oh wait, Matt, how did you start it? Same. Without one. having finished it, you just went to that same point and you get just the same phone call and her. go over there and you gotcha. have the same cuts. Okay, it's the same thing. As long as you finished, I think the mission's called Transmission, uh, which in the main story is where you uh, you're looking. It's it's like the the midpoint of the Judy branch of the main story mm-hmm. where you're looking for. I think her name is. Uh, um, I now I can't remember her name, but she's she's the hacker Johnny knew who basically digitized herself into the into cyberspace. Yeah, and you have to finish that mission because you do need to have a pre-existing relationship with the Voodoo Boys and to have encountered the Black Wall to understand part of what's happening in this story.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's the scene Matt was talking about where the sh- where her plane gets hit and it goes yeah. down. So
1: Dogtown is is a self like basically a little fortress inside of Night City run by a crazy paramilitary guy with his own private army, and they shoot down the president's plane with Sam's. Yep. Um, and that kind of throws a wrinkle into the plan you were trying to enact.
0: And so it goes down, and now it's your job to get to the crash site. Mm-hmm. And again, all this takes like three hours to get through. Yeah, like- cause
1: sneaking, You have to sneak into Dogtown through like the back way through all this crap, and there's actually a shocking amount of platforming
0: yeah i cut all that out of the b-roll but there is literally like two hours of just traversal and platforming like going up through like these skyscrapers that are just only kind of half
1: built and like my cyberware legs were the ones where you hold the jump button and charge it up and you can jump super high yeah and thank god i had those because either that or i think the double jump legs are probably necessary to get through Look how gorgeous this game is it really is very nice. Like the new. Obviously, this is
0: 1080p, but this is running in quality mode. This is not in frame rate mode. This okay. is about as good as it's going to look on PlayStation Five, minus the resolution. But hot damn!
1: Like, yeah, the new. It looks so the good. The new. Uh, the ray. Was it the ray pathfinding or whatever they do? It's like it's it's very very pretty. Yeah. It's, um, at times, it is the best looking game on the market ex- in existence. It is. Yeah. Like it's just,
0: Even on PS Five, it looks pretty good. It's just
1: stunning in places.
0: Yep. Now you're starting to see some of what well, you're seeing weapons right now, but eventually you're going to get to see one of the new additions to Phantom Liberty, which is a brand new skill tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found some of the things in that tree to be some of the best things in the game. Things they, that literally change how I play the game. They
1: are if they're things you're already using. Uh, if they're not, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, if you're already using the cyber implant arm stuff, those there's some great upgrades in there. And this is it right if here. You're already it's the using relic. Path. Basically, they're really great upgrades. If you're already using some, the cyber arm upgrade, things. If you're already using optic camouflage, and if you're basically if you're, the other ones are just if you're shooting. I've used that's the that's the path I went down because it basically drops a a like a, a diamond target, a vulnerability target on. Um, I love it. An enemy, and if you hit it enough times, it blows up an EMP blast that hits everybody around. I love him. it. And as soon
0: as um, I turn that on, it changed how I play the entire it's game. Pretty much
1: instant death. Yeah, it's for awesome. Most enemies. Yeah.
0: Again, after having played the entire game, it changed how I play the game. Every moment to moment part of this
1: mm-hmm. game, it changed how I approach it. And my character is very different from yours. Mine, yeah, you know, you're you're going it looks like you're going all body. Body and technical ability. Reflexes. So yeah. I have I have twenty intelligence, eighteen reflexes, and twenty technical ability. I am basically a mage. Yeah. You're the exact opposite. I'm
0: the gunner, basically.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um and uh I can kill people with quick hacks before they even see me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome. Which is fun. Like, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was a period of... And, the, and there's, it was interesting because there was a period of time where, like, I realized that you get perk points and good bonuses from, like, solo stuff, which is, like, only shotguns in close range. So I actually did run around just killing random guys with shotguns for a long time <laughs> yep. with no bonuses, no skills attached. But, I mean, they're still fine. You get a powerful number. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but I did that for a long time to get my solo rating up to like thirty or thirty five because I wanted the, the perk points. Yep. For other things.
0: This really is one. We say this all the time, but this really is one of those games where you can play it exactly how you want to play it in yeah, the way. Is, and it's drastically no, different.
1: It does play different, but there is for once there. I mean, there's probably a better way to min max one way or the other. But like, like I'm pretty sure the uh, the quick hack stuff is probably still the most powerful thing in the game, like it was before. Mm-hmm. But. At no point do you feel not powerful playing as any other. form you know, you, yeah. you, you, I was I'm running around. You know, I never used ranged weapons before. Before I, I built into a full like slow time down samurai guy in the original version, where I could just cut everybody's heads off before like time slowdown even ended, mm-hmm. and like that was fine. I haven't even used uh, swords in this. I, I just use I've been using assault rifles and shotguns. I only use guns yeah. and like it's great yeah, it like, it's a lot of fun it like, plays great. All, feels great all the methods of killing people are fun in this version of the game which yeah. is not true before yeah
0: it's um it's a huge change a huge shift yeah and again this feels like a sequel i mean it's like 18 to 20 hours long that's longer than a what half of video games
1: that are released probably yeah i mean this is probably about the same length as spider-man 2 yeah and it's 30 bucks yep like, I I haven't quite finished it yet. I already feel like I've got my money's worth and then some. Yeah, well, on top, and on top, I mean, just I've replayed the game and enjoyed it way more than I did before. Like, I've played, I have played this save more than I've played this game completely, like, total for the last three years. Wow. Like, this this, this 2.0 plus Phantom Liberty completely changes the game into a much, much better experience, at least for me. This is, the just the fact that the perk trees... Are interesting now that like mm-hmm. you can make an interesting character that's like oh now instead of three percent more damage on the quick hacks i can line them all up with some guy and then like the second one and in- only costs half ram and then if i activate this over i have an overclock ability which basically lets me spend even beyond my ram but if i'm spending beyond my ram i'm doing uh health damage to myself but i can keep doing that and then like there's basic other like perks like around that that I can get that heal me based on how much damage my quick hacks do like so th- yeah. you've got this give and take thing that it all just kind of works in a circular manner once you're fully upgraded you walk around like a goddamn god I and 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 I don't
0: think I can die in this anymore um my health packs regen so fast that like I'm always have health and as mm. long as I remember to use health I'll never die
1: yeah well I also have a um I have a cyber upgrade that like One of them is just a time-based thing where if my health drops too far, it automatically does a health boost. And I have another one that if I die, it just resurrects me. (laughs) It's it's, it's literally called called the second heart. I didn't see it was like that. a three-minute cooldown. I was yeah. like, "All right, that was fine." But like, I have never died in the in this version of the game. I have. I've died um, a couple
0: times, but like I fought a boss in this. Um, I died when I fought, tried to take on that whole checkpoint. Is when I died the
1: first time. I mostly almost. I almost died similarly because there's a one of the side things in this is is stealing cars for El Capitan, who's one of the the fixers from the original game. Yeah, but. Um, and they, it's like a little steering wheel icon that po- pops up everywhere. If you do enough of them, you get to do a big heist mission, which gets you a really good car, uh. um, which has wep- a weaponized car. Because there's weaponized cars now that have uh, machine guns or missile launchers or both sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is extra funny because you can drive in and out of the checkpoint. We drive in and out of that checkpoint at Dogtown. They scan you and it's like, you know, scan... I'm like, I don't know what you're scanning for because I literally have military equipment in this car. So I don't know what else you're looking for. (laughs) I'm just going to drive on into your fucking city. (laughs) Um, But like, uh, so you can get that, which is really cool. However, you have to deliver the cars to him at his garages outside of Dogtown. So if you pick one up in Dogtown, you got to get out and go through Uh the checkpoint there's two things that can happen when you pick one of these. One of them is you can be attacked by random gang members who want their car back. Uh, and if that happens and you're trying to go into the checkpoint, it also aggroes the, mili- right, the paramilitary right. guys. And I got in this whole fight where I was like four times over this happening and not being able to get the fucking car out of the... And all these- <laughs> 40 like military guys attacking me and like they, they blew all my tires so I'm like just like, driving around on rims and I can't get away from them. And I ended up having... I almost died fighting off like 40 of them at one yeah. point. And I just hid behind a car and they couldn't find me in a left so i drove on <laughs> but the other thing about that is like the other thing that can happen when you're stealing the car is, is he'll be like oh i'm like my, my client wants it now so you have you have to get here in a certain amount of time and if you don't get it there in time you just get less money it's yeah. fine and he like makes fun of you basically for sucking at your job uh-huh. but sometimes it's usually it's fine a couple times i've gotten a time that's impossible no. one time i was four kilometers away from the from the uh, the drop point point and the timer came up with 45 seconds and i'm like no that's <laughs> nah, not that's not a possible thing yeah. also one of the being very like focused on like how far i have to go versus like how fast i'm going why are the why are the distances in the in the gps kilometers and the cars are miles per I hour i don't know like trying like, to I, like keep I know both
0: sides happy i guess
1: like i know because <laughs> like you know the cars are miles per hour cuz it's california cuz right. america right yeah. So, yeah. But Why are the why is the GPS in kilometers? In an it's, alternate world, we took up the guess, metric system I guess for because things. my eyes are made in Japan. That's why. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's why. It's the, it's the Kuroshi optics. That's, That's what funny. does it. That's what does it. That's funny. Um, but that is one of the only complaints I have about the game is that I think it's I think there's a bug in the in the you got to deliver the car in this amount of time. Yeah. Thing because some of those times are way too low. Yeah. Now, the fights are challenging, but your chances of dying in the fights are so slim. Like, yeah. well, especially because by the time you take this on, you you're pretty well built. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're we also can completely respect now. Yeah, you, you can, can just wipe out everything.
0: Want. Like Matt and I were talking before the show started today about how we'll come to doors where I'll say you need a certain amount of power yeah, to like open that. the door. Right? Yeah, like right there. And we'll sometimes, if we're close, we'll just go
1: back and we'll respect to open the door. Yeah, I did that last night. I got to a door that required 20 strength, and there was there was a way to get back around and climb up right. here and go. I'm like, you know what? Respect 20 strength. 20 body, open the, the thing. door, respect go back to, back the old to old my <laughs> old spec. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> You can jimmy it a little bit yeah. for sure. Um, these are, however, I would say, the toughest enemies in the game. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And there are like little, like if you sometimes you'll see like three green skulls on the map. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, you'll find relic upgrade points there and, like, some really good loot. And if you fight, like, those are the toughest enemies in all of Cyberpunk. And they have not killed me, but, like, I... They, I've ran of, away
0: from them before. A couple <laughs> of them have actually been, like, oh, you
1: guys are challenging. Like, one yeah. I ran into one that had some, like, healing ability. Then I'm like, oh, I can't actually damage you uh-huh. with just my gun. And I had to use, like, a combination of environmental and, and quick hacks and my weaponry. And I'm like, oh, I never had to do that before. Yeah. That was cool. yeah. But like, there's a boss fight pretty early on in this
0: DLC. Yeah, a and good I beat fight. him the first time, like no problem. It's a cool fight, though. It is cool. Yeah, and that's again, this game is what I thought the base game was gonna be. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I know it's a cliche. A lot of people have said it, but it's really true. Like, I really thought the pacing of this. The boss, like, there was really no memorable boss fights in the entire base game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was always just some other dude that you're fighting. It was never, like, a creature or, like, memorable
1: a... Memorable characters. Yeah. Like, like, like Everybody you meet is kind of interesting. They're not all assholes to you. They're all assholes, right. but they're not all assholes <laughs> to, to you, you <laughs> yeah. which is, like, sort of the hallmark you, of the main game. Well,
0: you've paid your dues already, yeah. and a lot of them recognize it and respect it, which, again, is a, a shift from the base game. Where yeah, there there at you are a like couple moments scrub. in this
1: where I've been like, where I thought, you know, having just played the whole game from the start over the last like week and a half, it's just like there's moments where I'm like, these actually come a long way, hasn't she? Yeah. Like she? like It's like she's not the same person she was when she and Jackie went in that stupid. And a couple times there's references like, yeah, you gotta actually figure out a way into this tower that's better than sneaking walking in, in a suit in a, in a, into that stupid. I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty dumb job, wasn't it? like, was, well, like The end of the main base campaign,
0: that happens. You recognize that he's come a long way because they present you with dialogue choices where you are forced to recognize mm-hmm. it. Um, and I know you haven't finished the base game yet, but that is one thing, like, at the end of the game, they kind of make a point to show you how much you've changed and improved and become more reliable, become a better person. Mm.
1: Well, depending on your decisions, anyway. Yeah, there's a bunch of different endings. Yeah. But like the, the one thing I will say about the whole thing where they don't know what Cyberpunk is, uh, Johnny does seem to know... And periodically gets uh very upset about the fact that you're working with the government. Oh yeah um, and Did I, you did you um the recite the oath? I did not. I did. And, he, and he, he loses it. He yeah, he was he was like, Thank God you didn't do that bullshit. Like, yeah, they, the way, he, he brings that up like four more times that I leave. He's like, at least you didn't do that. And like, yeah. I
0: did. So when you start when you rescue the president, she she basically says, okay, you're joining up with us
1: now. Yeah, she and you, basically makes you an FBI agent. Right.
0: And you can either choose to recite the oath or you cannot. I chose to. And Johnny Silverhand sat there and just berated me for, like, the <laughs> whole time I was reciting the oath. And they give you chances to keep, like, backing out of it. Like, you'll read one line— and then it will give you the option to, read, to recite the next line or to quit and give up. And I just kept reciting him. And he's got more and more. And that's why I kept doing it. Because I wanted to hear what he was going to say yeah. to me.
1: He's, I mean, so Johnny actually does somewhat embody the the cyberpunk, the mm-hmm. punk part of cyberpunk. Yeah. Well, he's in a punk band. And, uh, and, well, he, he's a terrorist. Which I had kind of like,
0: forgotten until this DLC where the one girl is a, like a fan of mm-hmm. like a big music fan. And she's like, well, I didn't really like their second album. And I had forgotten that he was even in a rock band in oh, the yeah, game. Same Right, <laughs> right. But because so much stuff had happened between when you first start the game and this DLC, I had completely forgotten that he was
1: a rock star. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know that because Johnny. You know, I know the, a lot of those characters I know already from the books. Knowing, knowing the the old RPG. Because yes. the old RPG takes place. In his time, you know, in 2020. Right. And, and so Johnny Silverhand's a, ma- a main character. Like, all the stuff in this, were that and him being like, uh, you know, he it was a deserter from the military and all like that goes through in the main game. That's all stuff that was in the old, I mean, even some of the, like, Rogue and those characters. Were there more. books or was it just the game? They were game books. It's like D&D. Okay. They're, they're tabletop RPGs. But all those source books had all that information. They were, they were major characters in the world that you could use to, like, you know, they were just like they are in this game outside of, you know, basically like Rogue, you know, sits in the afterlife bar and like, you know, they talk about all the good old days. Like that's the original tabletop RPG. Okay. So that took place then. This takes place 50 years later. Gotcha. Um. So there is, a, there is an element of like Johnny could be commenting on like, you know, we were cyberpunks back in the day. Which is actually literally true because they are—they literally call themselves cyberpunks in that game, which is very weird now to us. Uh-huh. But that was the genre was not a genre, right? Really. Right back then, that's crazy. Um, but like, you, it could be—you know—he could be commentary on the fact that you know, by 2077, this society has lost its way to the point that nobody even knows how to be a punk anymore. But they never really get there. With yeah, that, you know, he never actually says that. He never—that's never a theme that's really explored much beyond Johnny's kind of an asshole yeah. to everybody. But since you're the only one, who can Talk to you're an he's an <laughs> asshole to you the most you know. Nox Nidus asks if we're both playing on normal difficulty.
0: Yeah, yeah I am, and you yeah. are too, Matt. Yeah, yeah, and it does get. I think it gets a little too easy.
1: Ultimately. Yeah, you you out level. I mean, you don't out level the game anymore. Like everybody, everyone pretty scales with you more or less. Like yeah. even random street punks are not nothing. Like they yeah. were in the original game, you could one shot everybody yeah, but, yeah. in certain parts of town. But now that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, but it's still. um it's it, yeah it, it everyone becomes a little trivial after a time yep for sure um still
0: fun though and a, a lot of the fun is just like experimenting with the new weapons and all the perks and all and you know your trees and just seeing what it does and how effective it can be um mm-hmm. almost always it's effective enough sometimes it's really interesting to see when it's way over effective and it just wipes the mat with like
1: the enemies in the game um but yeah, for a time I was I was trying to do some stuff non-lethal because of requirements for certain quests, uh-huh. and I was I had so many like add-on damage that I kept hurting them after they were t- like disabled, uh-huh. and it would kill them oh. because, because if you can hit somebody with something non-lethal, but if they take any damage from anything after that last hit, it kills them. Right? Yeah. Now the good part is the game doesn't care. Right? Like you can. You can, it doesn't penalize you. No, you can disable like the cyber-psycho stuff where you're supposed to take them alive. Mm-hmm. Like You can kill them like that. You, you can disable them. And then as long as you you're, you disable them, you can then just go up and shoot their face off. And the, the, the game doesn't really care. You still get credit for bringing them in alive. <laughs> Except one guy who has this like power pack that can explode after the fact. And that does not count. For, that does count as killing them for some reason. Weird. So you want to be able to do that it was nice to see that and that that he was just the cyber psycho boss but it was nice to see that enemy type come back as a high level boss in some of those three green skull areas like there's some nice surprises in this yeah like, for sure
0: and just nice throwbacks
1: to remind you of stuff that happened earlier in the yeah. game like it was just, great just stuff that should have been more i wish that that had been more a thing in the main rest of the game i wish those three skull areas were everywhere yep, i agree um, more it, nooks and crannies, more things that are challenging, more things that are interesting to find. More reward for poking Real around.
2: Reward,
1: yeah. And the 2.0 is better about rewarding you for things. In general. in general. Yep. But the rewards for the stuff in the Phantom Liberty stuff are just above and beyond. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, very quickly, I had replaced my arsenal yeah. that I had really used for the last,
1: like, 10 hours of the mm-hmm. game. And there's, like, a lot of... Of the base game and like the shards that can upgrade. I mean, you can find shards that upgrade different skills, but you can also find upgrade sh- upgrade shards that give you more carrying capacity. Shards mm-hmm. that give you a free perk point. Like yeah. there's, there's some real stuff in there for
0: sure. Um, not sir, thank you for Twitch Prime. And Noxatornitis follows up by saying 2.0 is noticeably easier. Playing on very hard feels appropriate. Maybe maybe. How I, do you switch the difficulty?
1: Actually, once you at, at are, the very beginning. Because I'm continuing I'm, I'm from sure there, my other. I'm sure there's it. an option in there somewhere. I yeah. don't remember. I think you can change it whenever you want. We
0: generally play everything on normal because that's what most people play it on. And if we're evaluating it, you know, for other people, you know, it's not going to help them very much if we're playing it on a difficulty they'll yeah. never play.
1: I don't know if I'd consider it easier. Although I did die more in the original, but I don't know how much of that was just. It feels smoother. I guess would be the way I'd say, and maybe that does count as easier in the sense that you're not going to hit difficulty spikes quite as often. It's possible. Yeah. Um, and maybe the the the. the you're not going to wander off into somewhere and run into guys that are 10 levels higher than you. Like, that just yeah. doesn't happen anymore.
0: I was surprised how long it took before I ran into, what's his name? The, the big actor who's the star of the DLC? Idris Elba.
1: Yeah. It took a long time before you run into that guy. Yeah, you gotta, it takes, you're a few hours in before you find
0: him. Yeah, you. which, and he's like the big poster boy for this DLC, but you don't see him for quite a while once you start playing it. So, just something to keep in mind. He's there, it'll just take a little while for you to get there. Um, but for me, this is one of the best games of the year. Like mm-hmm. this DLC, it's the length of a full game. It's one of the best games I've played this year. Yeah. And it's
1: 30 bucks. And it's like it's like a No Man's Sky kind of comeback story. It really
0: is. Like- yeah. If you played this initially, like first of all, like this isn't if you played the PS4 and Xbox One version, you can't play any of this. This mm-hmm. is only for PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. So that's one thing to keep in mind. However, if you have the PS4 version or you bought the PS4 version when it came out and now you have a PlayStation 5, you do get the free upgrade to PlayStation 5 and then you can go on and you can just play it and it'll have all your saves and all that stuff in there as well. Although I will say this, my saves got wiped. So like the only saves I now have when I go to load a game are any saves that I've created after 2.0 launched. Mm I don't know what happened to all my saves from the when I played it before. That
1: was, there was something something similar happened with the cloud save stuff with Witcher Three, and I can't remember how I fixed it. But you probably can. I probably
0: can dig them up get somehow, get them
1: back some Because there's something like that happened where like you like it wouldn't recognize the previous ones, but there was a way to kind of brute force it by yeah. specifically forcing. I, I had to do that for Witcher Three. I can't remember how because I didn't care on this because I just started. Yeah. I, literally, I literally deleted all my saves. Really and deleted the game and reinstalled it when 2.0 wow. hit because because uh, CD Project was actually saying like you might want to just they fresh. said to do that. They yeah. said you might want to just fresh install. Yeah, clean install. Um and honestly that that was a good I, I mean I had a problem with The Witcher 3 when they did all the upgrades and stuff that last time because um there was a bug where if you had um I think it was if you had saves in there that did not have the update. If you like if you had saves from previous versions in there, it never capped the auto saves so at a certain point like it was it was complaining that i had no room for more auto saves like maybe this was like 60 hours into my witcher 3 new playthrough yeah fourth play whatever and i look i finally i had to go look they're like oh check your saves i look on my xbox there are Thousands of autosaves. There's supposed to be six. It's supposed to just rotate through six. It has not been deleting the autosaves. Every single autosave it, like save gigs of saves. it <laughs> has ever done in sixty hours of Whoa. Witcher 3 where I had to delete them all manually. Oh my god. I put on like a podcast and went I did that <laughs> I for like that. an hour. Oh my god. And gosh. then I'm like, make sure that nothing is Old saves, yeah. make, sure, make everything so they could pick up on it, yeah. and all you had to do was load it up and save it. You know, even if I want to keep my, load it up, save it. Now it's the, you know, whatever .0, 0 whatever thing, yep. and it was fine after that. But I played for that long, and, I, and like, it was like your Xbox is full; you can't save anymore. I'm like, how in the world is that possible? Yeah. Because there were thousands of auto saves on it. Wow. So maybe there's some sort of limiter on. Maybe you know that, that was maybe a cloud thing. You know, maybe Cyberpunk does something to like make sure that doesn't happen to it. Yeah. Because I have been checking, <laughs> that's so. crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, someone asked me on um, Ask Shane
0: anything two episodes ago, I believe, about like the best DLC or my favorite DLC of all time. This shoots right up to the top. It's right there with like Blood and Wine. Yeah, this and Blood and Wine
1: are way up there.
0: It's amazing. Like it is literally some of the best DLC. It, again, it feels like you're playing Cyberpunk 2077 2. It feels yeah. like a sequel, and it's one, big one enough. One of the, to be one a of the things
1: that CD Project Red seems to do that I think is really smart with this. Is they let the, I I think, as I understand it, most of the team that makes these DLCs are the main team... That made the game in the game. first place. Yeah. So you're getting DLC made by people who know who know this game and the tech to make the game inside and out. After yeah. having just made the the base game, yeah. And they're taking everything they've learned and applying it to this new thing where they're free to do almost anything they want. And that's and why you that get the seems awesome to work out pretty well. That
0: we were talking about these little nods to moments in mm-hmm. the base game. Like I don't think that stuff happens unless you're somebody like that. Yeah. So just amazing work. It's really amazing to see. How CD Projekt Red has pulled this game up out of the muck. It's mm-hmm. like it was, it's like it said to itself, "We can't do this. We can't." Put this game out there, have it be a complete disaster, and have it soil our reputation forever. We have to fix it, and it mm-hmm. did fix it.
1: it and, and to be fair, they've done that with every game they've it ever do, released. It, you're right; it
0: does it every time. And I will say this: there are still some bugs hidden in There's the game. Some weird stuff
1: in there. I mean, any open world game is going to have some of that.
0: But I had like the bouncing car that just started bouncing yeah. like crazy, and like it's just,
1: it's a lot cleaner than it was. It However, is, the, the yeah. My favorite one I ran into was I was sneaking. I, there was some gig, but I was sneaking around uh, like some area and i was s- snapping everybody's neck yeah and these two guys in one room were talking to each other and one went to the couch to watch tv and the other went in the other room to work out uh-huh. and i killed the guy watching tv and i go in as as the guy the guy working out right as i'm about to sneak up on him he goes and stands and starts doing deadlifts with this huge barbell uh-huh. and i kill him but the barbell still stuck to the character model's hand and it just starts bouncing him around the room. Like like the physics on it have gone completely insane. he's like was bouncing. Everywhere. And he bounces through the door and all through the entire building. And, of course, that That's counts as, That counts as all the other enemies seeing a body. Oh. Right? He's just flying past yeah, them. And, it, and, all, and while the whole firefight's happening, he's still bouncing through the room attached to this giant barbell. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, that was one for the ages. That was- That's hilarious. Um,
0: eric carmen has asked is 2.0 free it yes. is it's totally free now obviously that doesn't include the dlc you have to spend the extra 30 bucks for that yeah, but, but the whole
1: fa- everything 2.0 the-
0: thing as we talked about in, le- in last week's episode is a huge upgrade yeah. so at the very least make sure you download the 2.0 version yeah, even, even without phantom not- liberty it's a right. completely
1: different experience huge upgrade
0: yep um, so that's two thumbs up from Game Face yeah. for Phantom Liberty. Just amazing DLC. Once again, CD Projekt Red. Kind of showing the rest of the industry how it should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather have something like this where you get, like, a huge chunk of DLC a couple years later than this little, like, oh, here's a little bit of this. Here's a little bit of that. Here's, like, for, the like, six yeah. months after the
1: game launches. Like And, like, just so you know, Bethesda... This is the level that Starfield's DLC has to be at. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It's though. probably not. But I mean, they've gotten you know, Old World Blues, mm-hmm. amazing. No, they've done some good stuff. Um, uh, they've got a couple. They've had a couple of bangers. I just in, don't in the, think that they'll past. overhaul the base game. No, like I don't. CD Projekt Red. Has. I don't think that's possible. you could argue they don't need to. Yeah, they've or made, they just, it's just impossible. They've made what they were gonna make. Yeah, I will say that playing Cyberpunk again, uh, even even the base game stuff with all the upgrades. um, it really does highlight after. I, also, I have not played Starfield in two weeks because mm-hmm. I've been busy. That shows with, you playing right there. Game. If
0: it got Matt to yeah. stop playing Starfield for two weeks,
1: yeah, that's a all game, you need to hear. By the way, a game that I was very disappointed by in the first place, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, Cyberpunk was did not really hit yeah. for me before, and yeah. it's a much better game now. It 2, really two is. changes it completely for me. The, the fact that the perk trees and all the abilities you can get completely changed the game it's so much it really fun does. now like just like that it's fun mm-hmm. like that's the thing it's, it, the story is still what it is i'm still i still have my complaints about what is and isn't cyberpunk in terms of what yeah. this is. but it's so much fun i don't care as much anymore yeah. that's the key and that's really what a game should be I agree um start, Entertainment, and it, yeah. even just the conversation between idris elba and the president in this i was sitting there being like you know what like, just looking back and forth between these two characters as they talk to each other and, and act and argue with each other. And then I'm thinking about Starfield, where it's just a bunch of eyed <laughs> like- drones staring right at the camera. <laughs> Even when they're all supposed to be talking to each yeah. other, it's just cutting from, from one guy to the other, just staring right at the camera. And you're like, these games came out the same year. Yeah. Actually, I mean, actually, Cyberpunk came out three years ago. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, mm, yeah, th- there's, there's some work to be done there, boys. Yeah. Yep, I, hope, I hope Elder Scrolls keep... can get there I in, hope so in a way that Starfield didn't. I agree.
0: So there you go. That's Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. That's two thumbs up from Game Face. Next up, we're going to talk about a game that you're probably wondering why it was not in the uh, housekeeping today. Because you're like, wait, there's this huge story that happened this week, and where was it? And that is that Counter-Strike 2 just totally stealth launched on Steam Out of nowhere. Um, And there's some added intrigue to this because what Valve did with Counter-Strike 2 was that it just replaced Counter-Strike Go. So one, if you're a Counter-Strike Go player and all of a sudden this game you've been playing for the last Mm -hmm. five years is just gone and you're forced to play this new version, that's weird. But the other part is, is that Valve allowed Counter-Strike 2 to take over all the metrics of Counter-Strike Go. So all... The user reviews for Counter-Strike Go, which the fans loved, Mm. have been put into Counter-Strike 2, which generally the fans do like, but not quite as much as Counter-Strike Go. And so people are like, wait a minute, like, I haven't actually reviewed Counter-Strike 2, but my review is appearing below Counter-Strike 2 on Steam, which is a little weird. Like, every once in a while, Valve does something like this where you're like, what? Like, that's Mm. out of character for Valve.
1: Yeah, although part of that could just be like, who fucking cares like it it's so minor and it's so like but people do care, unfortunately. Yeah, but like people, well, people care in the sense like, well, I just, like no one cares if you who you, no, your integrity as a reviewer is not on the line here. It's just a weird thing they decided to do. Well,
0: they're just saying that
1: like, and if, you, if they'd wiped all the reviews, everyone would be whining about that too. Like, it's, it's, I don't it's, think it's, so. I think so. they be like, where'd my go- thing go? Now my Counter Strike Two go opinion isn't preserved for posterity and the rest of you. Oh, you mean if history. they wiped it instead of like, yeah, oh, okay. they wiped all the reviews. And well, and,
0: what they should have done is just let Counter Strike go there and started a new product page for counter-strike 2
1: like then people would still be playing counter-strike go
0: no they just take it off so you can't download it or play it anymore although you can still play why do you need reviews for something that doesn't exist that's a good point actually although because you can still play it like on but only on like community servers you Mm -hmm. can't play it on like official servers anyway and again
1: not really something you need to worry about reviewing yeah it's counter-strike
0: yeah well here's the thing so i was like i've never been a big counter-strike
1: player Neither have I.
0: There was a period Shocker, where I played I it know. for a good bit, like, after work at Game Trailers because it was just a thing everybody was doing, and it only lasted, like, two weeks or whatever. Yeah,
1: was, and I went through similar stages G- at G4. G4 I mean, well, G4, like, it was weird. I mean, there was a slight Counter-Strike period there, but, like, everybody went back to Day of Defeat. So, <laughs> Day of Defeat was, like, of the of the G4 people who were already here in L.A. when we moved here, Day of Defeat was their fucking drink of choice, and, like, none of us really understood it. But yeah. We're, all
2: right, all yeah.
0: right.
1: Well, I jumped in and started playing Counter Strike 2 because, again, it just stealth launched out of nowhere and was just available
0: to play. And um, it is. I really struggle to find. to figure out why it exists. It is. What what makes it two? That's what I'm getting at. I'm struggling to find out, like, or figure out what it is that makes it different. There isn't a lot. Um. To me, it's really just like a, a slight graphical improvement. Because it still isn't like a looker. It's not no. like one of the better games that you're going to see. It still is one of those games that will I mean, it does run. look
1: better than Counter-Strike. It does. No. I mean, but I, it I can will tell that.
0: run on like rigs that are like 10, 12 years old just fine. In fact, it ran on mine just fine. A rig that's like 10 years old at this point. Um, so it is still one of those games that will scale to pretty much anything that you have. But really, the only real improvements are changes to the game other than graphical tweaks is that there's like new smoke stuff. So one smoke, people who don't play Counter-Strike may not realize how important smoke is to the game. Um, You use smoke in so many different ways in this. A lot of times you use it to like create a choke point or just to slow down the vision of the enemies, to keep enemies from camping on like the bomb set points. I know how important dust is. What do you mean? That map. Oh, the map dust. Yeah, Yeah, it's huge. In fact, one of the big complaints is that dust is not in this yet. That's
1: the most surprising thing to me.
0: There's a couple modes that are missing
1: that people are pissed mm -hmm. off about. We'll get to that in a minute. Like, if you're going to do the whole replacement thing, how do you not make sure that basically there's a replacement for everything? Right. Yep. Well, the Source Engine 2.0,
0: which is actually what they say is why this is called Counter-Strike 2. Not that it's actually a sequel, Mm -hmm. but it's built on Source Engine 2. I don't know okay. if I believe that or not, but that's what they say. I mean,
1: that sounds dumb enough to be real. For Valve in particular. <laughs> <You> know, <yeah. laughs> that sounds like something you'd think about internally yeah. and then like think it made sense to someone outside, and no. Yeah,
0: but using the new engine, it allows them to do this new smoke stuff. stuff Why do you it call is- it
1: two- Counter-Strike 2.0 then?
0: Right, that's what it should be. But the smoke stuff is kind of cool. Like, you can shoot through the smoke. And it will create a hole in the smoke that you can then see mm. through. That's you, neat. You can also throw a grenade and the blast like radius of the grenade oh, will blow FC the smoke away. And things, yeah. So there's some cool stuff in there. But that is, like to me, again, not as a gigantic Counter-Strike player. That, to me, is really the only noticeable thing that I really could see that had really changed that well, much. I
1: call it like Counter-Strike Source, except it's two for the S and right, Source. Right, right. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty five. clever. But, like, the loot boxes, the rank-up
0: system, the maps are all still the same. Now, again, they have, like, made some of the maps look better graphically. But their layout is identical, like, to the pixel. The layout is identical. And I get that because people have been playing some of these maps for, like, ever. And, like, there's certain sight lines. Like, if you play Call of Duty long enough, you learn that window in that house if I go upstairs, gives me a sight line to this other part of the map. Bruin Killer is really being a problem. There. Oh dude, I just got annihilated in this game. First of all, it people may not remember this, but in Counter-Strike, you can only aim down sights if your gun has a scope. Every other gun, you can't aim you hipfire it. You can't fire like aiming down the sight. So it's hard to be accurate. You have to basically anticipate the flow of combat so that you are standing perfectly still or crouched perfectly still in the the longer you stand still, the tighter your reticle gets, which means the more accurate that your gunfire is. And it takes – if you're used to playing every other shooter, it takes a while to get used to playing Counter-Strike. And my first, like – I think your team
1: let you down there.
0: Yeah. My first, <laughs> like, 20 matches of this, I just got annihilated. And then I started getting a little better at it to where I could actually be competitive. And, like, I was actually finishing close to, like, even with Death and Kills. But my first few matches of this, I would finish, like, six kills and, like, 25 deaths. Like, the other thing I would say, too, and I don't know if this has changed from Counter-Strike Go, but if you play Team Deathmatch in this, the spawning is insane. Like, you literally spawn and get shot in the back within, like, three seconds constantly. (laughs) Again, like, I had not played this game seriously in so long. It was a huge wake-up call for me. But otherwise everything else is the same like you start the game you go to a loadout screen you only have a certain number of credits you pick whatever gun you can pick to start the match as you play the match and you get kills you earn credits that you can then spend to use to get a better gun when you die and to and so the idea is that as the match wears on you keep getting better and better weapons which makes you better which helps you get more kills which hopefully helps turn the tide if your team is losing blah 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 all that has been a part of counter-strike all along it's still the same here. None of it has really changed. Um, there are a couple other minor tweaks that most people won't even notice. And I didn't notice until I actually like did some research on the game. Um, you can now buy multiple models of the same gun while in-game. It used to be there was just one MP4 or whatever. Now you, there's multiple versions of some of the guns. And you can choose them in your loadout in-game. Um, there's also this new thing called playing cards... Um, where each kill in a round adds up to a max of five playing cards that you can have. Um, it used to be like it used to call it used to be called in the original Counter Strike, basically having an ace, and so that's where the whole card thing comes from. But it's not even like really tied into your performance in the game at all. It's really just like this cosmetic like fun thing that they've added. Um, I mentioned earlier there was another mode that they remo- removed that has people angry. It's called Arms Race, which is basically like the gun game in, in Counter Strike. In gun game, if you remember in Call of Duty, like you get a different gun every time you spawn. You start out with a pistol, and as the game goes on, by the end, you have like this crazy awesome weapon that you use. It was very popular in Counter-Strike Go. They've removed it and have not put it back in yet. Um, they have added weapon customization, which is something, again, that wasn't in Counter-Strike Go, so that's a change. There's two new maps, and then, as I said, they reworked the visuals on all the old maps. Um, ma- matches are still way too long, They have cut them down a little bit like each match now is 12 rounds instead of 16 but still each match takes like 30 to 45 minutes to complete like it's just way too long for something that doesn't change it's like league of legends matches they go 30 40 minutes or even an hour if it's a really good match but they change like that game is built that like the first 20 minutes you you know, you do this certain thing, and you're all in your own lanes, and you try to win your lane. And the 20 minute mark, your jungler starts coming into your lane and trying to have, like. It changes over time, and this is just like kill or be killed for 40 minutes straight or whatever. Like, it can be really tough, particularly if you're on a bad team and you're getting your butt kicked to like not just quit, honestly. And that happened a lot in this, where people like by the time you get to the end of the match, you're getting your butt kicked, and there's only like five guys left on your team because everybody else is or less because everyone else has quit. Um, so I think the matches are way too long. But again, these are tenants of Counter-Strike that people are just not going to be okay if they're removed. And so I feel like this is not going to appeal to a new audience. This is going to mostly appeal to the old Counter-Strike players, although even they're kind of pissed off already. But I'll say this. They already have 1.5 million daily players playing Counter-Strike 2, so they must not be all that pissed off about it. Um, well, what else are you going to do? yeah. How do you feel about that, Matt? Do you think that they should change more to games like this over time and then just keep the old Counter-Strike up there? Like, that
1: seems to make more sense to me. I don't know. Like, I understand why you maybe want to replace it, because, like, how could, you ever re- how could you ever pull people away from this thing they've played for 20 years?
2: Yeah,
0: but you then know?
1: doesn't that say that that you should keep it up and then just replace like put up counter-strike
0: 2 as a new product instead of and leave the old one up no no because you're not making any money off that old product so you
1: just replace it
0: yeah well i mean i understand from a financial perspective i'm talking more from like keeping the fans happy and that type of thing
1: yeah who cares
0: <laughs> you're right though they don't care because <laughs> I, I mean guess that's it,
1: what they're thinking like, well
0: i guess maybe it, they look at the metric of if people are spending money then are they they're gonna, happy
1: what are they gonna do play something else right
0: <laughs> if they've been playing this for 20 years you're right and the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people who are complaining about this game and then they'll go on a tirade about all the details of it, which shows you that they're playing the game, Yeah. <laughs> which if you're valve mission accomplished, right? Yeah. But uh, I guess I'll say this counter strike two hasn't changed my perspective on counter strike. I still am not very good at it. It still, is very frustrating to me. Like I don't like a game where you have to like sit still <laughs> to like shoot accurately. Like right there was a perfect example. In any other shooter, I would have killed that guy. Mm-hmm. Literally in any other shooter, that dude would be dead. hes I come around a corner. He's standing with his back turned to me. But because I'm moving and hip firing, not enough of my bullets hit him. And so he turns around and is able to kill me.
1: Right. But that's exactly why they can replace this. Because there's nothing else like that right now in the modern world. It's true. Like, well, it's
0: like I said, if I played any other shooter, I would have got the kill right. there.
1: So they're stuck. You're right. If you want to play, if this is how you like your shooter to play, this is what you got to play. Yeah.
0: Well, there is um, Valorant now, which is like riots kind of take on Counter Strike, and it is actually I'm surprised how it has kind of created its own little
1: market there. It's doing yeah. pretty well. But people are in this. You know, Valorant's a little too, I think, cartoony. It is, yeah. Compared to like if you're like, this is, you play counter oh, Counter Strike, people's like this is my serious. Right. operative game kind of thing. <laughs> so you're right yeah i think you're i think you're stuck yeah i think you're right um so did i have fun
0: playing counter strike 2 maybe a little does it look better than counter strike 1 definitely does oh, yeah. it play that much different than counter strike 1 no it really doesn't um does it have all the features of Counter Strike One right now? No, it does not. They're still struggling to get all those features in. And according to Valve, their priorities are not right now to get all that stuff in that people are missing. There's still other new features that they're trying to get into Counter Strike Two. Like what? Uh, I don't even know. Mm. They they need them though. They need more new in this, particularly if you're going to call it Counter Strike Two. Um, the smoke things. The smoke. Like physics tricks are neat. And it does make a difference like that, yeah. in the actual gameplay, for sure. Um, because in the past you had no recourse. If there was a smoke grenade there, you just weren't gonna see that doorway for the next minute, basically.
1: Yeah, you really wanna change the game, add fans.
0: As <laughs> like a deployable <laughs> a portable fan. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I look. I did play some Valorant. I played it for like two days. I didn't like it for the same reason I don't like Counter Strike. Like, it's the aiming is weird. Mm-hmm. It's there's a very specific feeling, and I do. I will say this: Valorant does capture that same feeling that you get in Counter Strike. I just don't like it.
1: Yeah, it's just it's a it's a very specific way of wanting to play this. Yeah, and it either clicks with you or it doesn't. Yeah.
0: So, again, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. I have never been a huge fan of Counter-Strike in the past, and I don't like this either. But that doesn't mean that if you are a fan of Counter-Strike that you won't like this. I think generally... If you liked Counter Strike, you're going to like this. You may not love it right away, but I also have a feeling that eventually Valve is going to get it to a place where you will love it. It's Valve. Like, it generally does not drop the ball on stuff like this. You will this. learn to love it. All right. <laughs> you learn, you, you'll slowly forget all the stuff that
1: you're missing from the
0: earlier game. It games. will be
1: <laughs> like it was always what you played. <laughs> exactly. You can barely even remember that other game. Exactly. What yep. was its name? <laughs> Nobody knows. No one remembers. Uh, So anyway,
0: there you go. That's Counter-Strike 2. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it is generally a pretty simple game. Um, But I will say this, too. It does benefit from the fact that it does have all that content already. So it has all those maps and all those weapons and all the stuff that it took 20 years for Counter-Strike to build up. The vast majority of it is there. So it's not like you're jumping into a brand-new shooter and starting over where they have, like, five maps and they only have, like, ten weapons or whatever – All that content from the prior Counter-Strikes, it's all there. So um, if you do get into it and you do enjoy it, there's plenty of content to play through. And again, I do have faith in Valve that eventually it will get all the features that you're missing into Counter-Strike 2. All right. It's time to tackle the last game of Game Phase 360. And actually, man, I'm not even sure if you played this or not. I have not. You did not play it. So there is an indie game right now that is uh, getting perfect tens and nines pretty much across the board from everyone who's reviewing it. It is a game called Cocoon, and it completely caught me off guard. Matt, were you familiar with this game at all?
1: No. If Wilford Brimley's not in it. I don't care. <laughs> I think you might care about this that, one, Matt. That's an 80s m- movie reference. Yeah, um, which nobody got but me. <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've heard of this. It was, i It's interesting. Um, I, have not, I didn't get around to it, though.
0: Yep. So this is the first game from a studio called Geometric Interactive. And basically, the lead designer from Limbo and Inside left and started his own studio. And this is their first game. And I would argue that this game is far better than either Limbo or Inside. And I know those are big words. As far as people who enjoy playing mm-hmm. indie games, smaller games... Those are two I, big ones.
1: I would actually say that uh, Inside is one of the most overrated games I've played in the last uh, really? 10 years. I liked Limbo a lot, but I did not think Inside was all that compelling for what it was. I
0: thought I'll be honest with you. I thought Limbo was overrated.
1: When I played um, it. I played it later after it had already received all its accolades and everything. And I yeah, was
0: kind of, like, wondering, like, what the big deal was.
1: I mean, I just think... Inside, just... I don't understand what people thought was so amazing about that game. It was just another out-of-this-world clone yeah. to me. And, like, yeah, at the end, you a weird thing happens. But it's like, okay, and? Like, yeah. It was not as profound as... Um, Kotaku would like me to believe. <laughs> or Polygon. Way. Polygon. Yeah, I'm sorry, Euro gamer. It was not what I was here for. Um, Highly recommended, Matt. <laughs> this looks more like my speed, though. Uh, this is interesting.
0: Yep. So this game, you start out as a moth, or is it a cicada? I'm not quite sure. Looked like a cicada to me. You um, start in a cocoon, and the game starts. You just come out of the cocoon, yeah. and you're dropped into this world. And although it, I don't know what.
1: Hmm. I mean, moths do have cocoons. Mm-hmm. The others have chrysalises. Right. Butterflies have chrysalis. Yeah. And then moths have cocoons. And cicadas are just sleeping. Well, they
0: also have those husks that they come out of, though. Yeah, but
1: the, they pupate. Right. So, cocoon implies moth. Right.
0: So, I don't know if, what it's supposed to be, but it looks more like a cicada, I think. I don't know. Regardless, it can't fly. <laughs> Because if, if it could fly... So all you're, the,
1: you're a shitty moth.
0: Pretty okay. much, yeah. Because if, if it could fly, this, the design of this game would just be mm-hmm. trashed. Because everything is about figuring out how to get from one place to another using the powers that you have, basically. Um, and you play as this moth. The game starts. You come out of your cocoon. Um, there's no direction or goals given or anything. There's no setup. There's no text that tells you like, what you're supposed to do, what the goal is. You just come out of the cocoon and it's just like, figure it out. And that's where the brilliance of this game comes in, is that it just somehow manages to teach you what you want to do, what the goal is, how to do it, and it does it all with one button. This game plays with an analog stick or the D pad and one button. And it really, I mean, at its heart, it's a puzzle platformer. And I'll be honest, like, there's a couple times playing this where I got stumped on a puzzle and I thought the game was broken. I was like, oh, they just had bad QA on this, there's no way, like I need to reset this puzzle and start again, no. And what happened was, I started thinking to myself, look, if there's just one button in this game, like I can figure it out. And so you just start going around experimenting with the one button and you figure out which things you can interact with and then which, what, which objects that thing can interact with in the world and you just start figuring it out. Now, I'll say this, like there was a couple there were two puzzles where i did need help like i went on the internet and like searched for help on them because i just got stuck and i felt like i had tried everything and i'll say this when i got the solutions i regretted going online and getting the solutions for them because i was like duh like i smacked myself on the forehead and was like come on man you could have figured that out shane um, and you know A lot of that just depends on maybe you're having a rough night or you're short on time. like All that stuff plays into it or whatever. But there were two times where I got too frustrated and went and looked for help. And I regretted it once I figured out what the solution to the puzzles were. So if you end up playing this, like stick with it as much as you can. Try to figure it out on your own because that's what's really rewarding about this game. Um, what you very quickly figure out is that the only goal is to keep moving forward. And you don't know what you're moving forward to. You just know that that's what you need to do. It's very much like an insect where they're born and no one talks to them and teaches them what they need to do. They just do it. They watch the other insects around them or it's just ingrained in them what their life's mission is. And that this game, somehow when you're the player this, you feel like that insect. It's it's bizarre. I don't even know how to, know how to put it into <coughs> words the way it teaches you what you need to do, where you need to go, what the goal is, and that the goal really is that there is no goal. Um... Let's see. Um, again, it is an environmental puzzle platformer. You, you've already seen me like picking up orbs. That is a big part of this game. It's like picking up an orb and figuring out almost like um, there's almost like some Metroid-like sections to this game where you have this orb and you need to put it into this tube and you need to figure out how like to change the directions of the tubes to get it to where you want. And there's also other elements of Metroid in this where sometimes you don't you come across like a pathway. And you're like, I have no idea how to use that pathway or get through that pathway. And then you learn something a little later on and you come back and you know exactly how to access that new pathway. And then the orbs, they play a bigger role as well. Eventually, you get to places where you'll place the orb and it will create almost like a reflecting pool. And if you activate that reflecting pool, it will take you to another world. And that is where the game's puzzles really start to get devilish. So this is one of those games where it's like a world inside a world inside a world. It starts out very simple. You have the world that you're in right now and you get to your first reflecting pool. And you go into that other world. You find this little creature in the other world. You come back into your world. You find out that that little creature can, like, lower these barriers that you were incapable of lowering before. So you lower that barrier. Eventually, you get to the next place where you use the orb and you have the reflecting pool. And then you're going through three different worlds (coughs) trying to solve the puzzle to learn how to go forward in the third world. And it just starts compounding and stacking on top of itself until... Like there was times where I was like, "Is my brain gonna break playing this?" But then you figure it out, and it's so rewarding when you finally figure out what the game is trying to 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 have you do. Um, There's lots of switches to flip that move platforms. You've seen that in the b roll already. Um, And then you know, at first, like what you're seeing right now, I'm trying to figure out how to get the orb from one area to another. So I'm like using this series of tubes, and then oh, I got to get over here. I need to flip this switch just in time for the ball to go down through this, and it's these areas are prevalent throughout the entire game pretty much um what else can i say about this game oh each er air so i know i'm talking about how it's like world upon world upon world and you have to figure (laughs) out how what you do in one affects the others it can become confusing one thing that helps is that each of the world each world is color-coded and i think honestly if that were not the case i don't think i could have played this game i think it would have driven me batty but having like each area color coded helps your brain kind of organize the clues that the game is giving you, and then sort them out and use them to eventually make progress through the game. Again, like this, it's hard to explain when playing this game. It's almost like it teaches you through osmosis how to make progress through it. I don't know if I can explain it without somebody playing it. But all I can say is how it made me feel <coughs> when I played through the game and started solving some of the puzzles. Um, also some of the other there's other orbs in the game that aren't just used like this where you place it and it unlocks like something or it creates like the reflecting pool there's some orbs that while you carry them they give you special powers um one of them reveals invisible walkways there's another one that can turn like gas to solids and vice versa there's another one that creates like water spouts that you can jump on and they'll like send you up into the sky um and Again, there's different orbs that you use, and those aren't quite as flexible. Those are generally like context-sensitive. This is the first reflecting pool, and this is the first time you'll get to see me going to the other world. So you put the orb in the center, you get the reflecting pool, you hold the single button, and then it'll transport you to that other world, basically. Um, And then you fly to the other world, and then this is where I find the little critter. And then I go back through the portal again. And then I use a critter back in the other world. And this is like the first one. This is where it's real simple um, and easy to figure out. What is the world upon the world upon the world is where it starts to get a little bit more confusing and also, consequently, a lot more rewarding when you finally do solve the puzzles. Um, again, like... Knowing that the game is played with just one button and the analog stick, it changes how you look at the game and the puzzles. And again, the game plays on that. Like It knows that you know that there's very simple controls in the game, that there's very specific things that you can do. And kind of establishing what the player is capable of shapes how the player ultimately plays the game and tries to tackle all the puzzles. Um, I don't know. I feel like this game, for me personally, as someone who has played a lot of games, really tested my expectations for what video games can be. And I can't say that about... I can't, don't know the last time that I played a game that made me feel this way. And generally, they are smaller indie games that do this. So I'm not surprised that it's a game like this that did it. But it literally made me think about how could the concepts in this be applied to a bigger budget game or just a bigger game in general or a game with higher production values and cinematics and things like that. How can this template work and i don't know that it can honestly i don't know that it works in the context of the big budget triple a game with a bunch of voice acting and cinematics and things like that i think it only kind of works in a game like this um
1: and that's fine
0: it is totally fine absolutely yeah like i came off this game also i should add it's only like four or five hours long mm-hmm. it's 25 bucks but right now, you can buy it on Steam for $5 off for $20. And I'm cool with this at $25. Because again, like we need to reward developers who make games like this so that they keep making games like this that push the boundaries of what you expect from playing games. And I know it's you're looking at this B-roll and you're like, oh, what the hell is Shane talking about? You got to play it. It is on Game Pass right now, by the way. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can download this for free and play it. Um, all the reviews for this, nine or above. And after having played it, I totally agree. This is one of this is definitely in the running for indie game of the year, and I may have to even consider it for game of the year. Although this is a tough year for something like this to try to make a mark in that way, um, but definitely it's my on my hot list for indie game of the year already. Um, and it's also it's one of those games where it's like when you're not playing it you're doing something else, you're still thinking about the game and you come up with like an idea and you're like, hmm, I wonder if I could do X, Y, or Z. And then when you get back to playing the game, you try it and you can. Those are great games to me. Games that give that, that provide that much latitude for free thinkers to find new ways to try to do things and accomplish goals. Um, there just aren't enough games like that. Um, there are no enemies in this game. You can't attack. You just have one button and there's it's never to it. Well, that's not true. So the first boss fight in this is on a platform, and you, you the, the objective is there's like this bee that's on the platform and it's leaving these trails behind him or whatever, and there's this orb that's below the dirt. So the first thing you need to do is you need to grab the orb and pull it up from out from under the dirt, and then you can use it to kind of attack the bee with. Um, and then later on, there's ones where there's a boss fight where, like, it's laying down tracks, and you have to avoid the tracks. It's almost like the Tron Cycles mm. um, mode from the Tron arcade game. It's kind of like that. So it finds very clever ways to have battles with other enemies without there actually being really any combat in the game. You're trying to, like, outsmart them or out-trick them, not necessarily kill them, although by default, they generally end up kind of killing themselves. Um Yeah, kind of the objective is to like fool enemies into harming themselves. That's kind of how the combat and the boss battles work in this. And generally, the boss battles pop up at the end of every area. Again, they're all color-coded or the end of every world or whatever you want to call them. Um, And so there's like a handful of boss fights ultimately in this game. But just everything about this game feels incredibly clever, incredibly smart. Like This is one of those games that I played where I was like, I could never make this game. Like, could I make a game, like, if I had a good team, Mm -hmm. like Cyberpunk 2077 or Horizon, Probably. Could I make another God of War? Probably. Would it be as good as what they're making? Probably not. But I can make the game. I could never make this game. Never. Like, the guy who designed this game is way smarter than me. That's just the truth. Like, I could not make this. And it is a joy to play things from people who are as smart as a dude that made this game. Because it really is. It just over and over again it just surprises and there look there's there's some hidden stuff in the game to find although generally i would say this game doesn't have much replay value it's like once you figured it out you've kind of figured it out they don't switch things up if you play through it again but again there are some hidden collectibles here and there that you can find so if you're someone who wants to get like all the trophies or all the achievements you'll probably get a little bit more time out of this trying to ferret out the secrets in the world Um, but as someone who just played it kind of straight through and found stuff here and there like it took me four or five hours to complete and i was totally fine with it at the 20 bucks that it costs Um, and again it is on game pass so if you're a subscriber there you don't have to pluck down any extra money it's just sitting there waiting for you to download and i highly recommend that you do and matt i highly recommend that you play this game Mm -hmm. i know it may be hard right now with october and for Mm -hmm. all you guys it may be hard with october but like, you have a few days here before Assassin's Creed Mirage comes out. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, I highly recommend going and downloading this right now. Even if you're not, go to Steam, spend the 20 bucks for it. If you buy it on other platforms and it is on everything, it's going to cost you an extra 5 bucks. Again, totally worth it at 25 I would have no qualms with that at all. So, um, really blown away by this game. Really impressed by this game. Like, I wouldn't even have played it, honestly, if it weren't for the reviews, like, here's the boss fight, by the way, the first boss fight. So you can see kind of how they work. But um, if it weren't for the reviews, I wouldn't even have given this game a chance. So this is one case where, like, the reviewers got it right, and I'm glad that they did, and it turned me on to a new game. And I am hope that I'm passing it on to you guys right now uh, so that you guys will play it and pass it on as well and give it a go. And if you like it, tell your friends and maybe have your significant other play it or whatever. That's the other thing, too, is, like, this game, I think, appeal will appeal to anyone. Mm-hmm like, your significant other, whether it's a guy or a girl or whatever, I think everyone can enjoy this game. There are a couple points that are pretty tough, and you may get frustrated. I'm not going to judge you if you go online and find the answer like I did. Um, uh, But I will say this, try to figure it out on your own, because I ultimately regretted going and getting the answers online. Once I found out what the answers were, I was like, oh, I should have figured that out on my own. So, Anyway, there you go. It's Cocoon. It's available for PC, both PlayStations, both Xboxes, and Switch. It's $25 on consoles. It's $20 on Steam right now. I don't know how long that $5 off is going to last, um, but you should jump on it while you can. Do you have any questions about it, Matt?
1: Not really. Seems fairly straightforward, oddly enough.
0: Yeah. And as you see, like when you die in these boss fights, they just send you right back to the last like uh, reflection pool. So you don't have to go too far to jump back in the fight. Now, it doesn't remember what you did so like most video games you have to do the boss three times like if you hit him twice and then die you don't have to go back and hit him once you have to go back and start the whole boss fight over again but it's not okay. that big a deal um none of them take all that long it's really more about figuring out what you should do versus like having to actually do it um so it's kind of like one of those games where it's more about thinking than actually doing but there you go that's cocoon i highly recommend it already one of the best indie games of 2023 so if you're into that kind of stuff jump on it you won't regret it i don't see anything in chat either noxhateronitis again thank you for twitch prime that's awesome um, Oguapa says maybe not my gaming mod for now, but I'll try later the, later this year. Yeah, this is one of those games that maybe if there's a lull, looks like December is gonna have a pretty good lull. There's only a couple of big games coming in December, um, or maybe even like late November, it gets a little thin in the release calendar. Mm-hmm. Might be a game to kind of bookmark, or you can follow it on Sifted, and then anytime something is published or curated about it, it will pop up to the top of your sift as a reminder that you should play it later on in the year. But I fully expect this game to be discussed again in a few months when Game of the Year stuff rolls around and at the very least for Indie Game of the Year. So, think you're going to give it a go, Matt? Yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. Alright. And I'll be interested to hear what you think of it too once you give it a go. And with that, it's time for... That's right, people. It's time for Name That Game, where I show you five screenshots from a video game, and you try to guess the name of that game before Matt Kyle. A couple things before we get going, and I'm going to bring this up again. If you have won already this year, do not play. We had somebody play a couple weeks ago and who won who had already won and did not share that when he won or she won. Um, so if you've already won this year, do not play. You can only win once per calendar year. Uh, number two, the chat goes on slow mode. So don't just span the chat with a bunch of random game titles hoping that you guess it right because you get one every 60 seconds and it would really suck if that next screenshot, you know exactly what it is and you can't put it into chat. Um, so make sure um, that you are only guessing when you have a good idea on what the game might be. Um, and what's the third one?
1: I forgot the third one this time. What? The third rule of name that game. What did you list? Don't play if you already won. Yep. Chats in slow mode. Yep. What's the third one?
0: Every once in a while, I forget the third one. Um, Oh, if you won't play PC games. Yeah, if you don't play PC games or you don't know somebody who plays PC games who you can give the code to, also don't play. Because when you win, you win a free game. And if you're not going to play the PC games, then that's what the codes are for. Don't ruin it for somebody else who might actually play that game. So that's it. Those are our three rules of Name That Game. And we're just about ready to get going here. Uh, my prediction... And, that, and now you know I completely zone out when you do that. <laughs> because I don't need to know any of that. Um, so anyway, my prediction is... This one will only make it to the second screenshot. That's my guess. We'll see. Last week I thought we'd make it to the fourth one and they guessed it in like three seconds. So I'm, I'm not very good at guessing when you guys are going to get them right. So anyway, here we go with Name That Game. Here is the first screenshot No guesses yet. Hmm. I even feared that this one might give it away. Fallout New Vegas, no. Ark, no. That's a good one. Shadow of the Colossus, no. Uncharted 3, no. Metal Gear Solid 3, no. Half Life 2, no. Another Fallout New Vegas. The sand is what's mm-hmm. <laughs> prompting you guys to think that's what it is. Eco, no. Grand Theft Auto 5, no. Subnautica. Not subnautica, that's also a good guess though. Any other guesses before we move on to the second screenshot? Mad Max, no. Also a good guess with the sand. Seaman mm. from Two Quick Capri, no, but that's another good guess. Rage uh, two, no. <laughs> We're getting all the sand games. What's left? <laughs> it's not it. What's left? Uh, that
1: uh Sandland, um, that game that hasn't come I'm out blanking yet. Blanking on it. It's the it's the stupid the fucking military game that everybody thinks is so profound because you you white phosphorus a bunch of civilians. Oh, the third-person shooter that was all yeah. controversial. Because um, oh, it's what? incredibly boring until that <laughs> happens.
0: <laughs> Spore, no. Xenoblade Chronicles, no. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, good guess that Saber, but no. Not Ander Nights, I hate sand. Spyro 3, no. Spec, Spec off the, the line. line. Yeah, That's GM it. Rain Supplies for that uh no it's not spec off the line <laughs> yeah. but you're right that had a lot of sand in it too okay i think that's it all right we're gonna make the screenshot number two and i really think this one's gonna give it away but we'll see and here it is Hmm. i think someone will get it man eater no but that's a good guess eric cartman is. oh um abzu not abzu that's a really good guess though I always wonder if I should go obscure more with these and try to go more with indie games and I stuff like so. that. Yeah. yeah, Star Fox Adventures. Nope. That's a pretty good guess. Well, clearly, though. there
1: is no problem with depth of,
0: of game knowledge. Yeah, you're right. Pikmin, no. Far Cry 3, no. Final Fantasy, Icarus Zero. You have to name the Final Fantasy. Maybe you're guessing the first Final Fantasy, but when you guess these, you have to give the exact number of the franchise. Just a heads up. Um, far cry 3 no final fantasy no subnautica no avatar no by the way these are always going to be games that are already out just so you know insert coin games thank you for subscribing to tier one man that's awesome or girl i mean there isn't there is an avatar game but well you're right there is one but that's how old is that now when did avatar Ten come 10 years ago <laughs> 10
1: years old yeah. that's like 13 years
0: yeah it's not avatar Oh, wow. We may make it past the second screenshot. I really thought that was going to give it away. But no. Okay. Here comes screenshot number three. And here it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean. Ghost of Tsushima. No. I just learned a ghost Ghost of (laughs) Tsushima. No. I mean, it's the sky. The sky can give away a lot. Kingdom Hearts 3, no, but that's a good guess. Halo 3, no. Xenoblade Chronicles X, no. Final Fantasy IX, no. The Outer Worlds, no, but that's a good guess, too. I have a feeling when I give the answer to this, people are going to kick themselves. Bioshock Infinite, no. Xenoblade 2, no. Last Guardian, no. Wow, I'm surprised. All right. Halo Reach. Nope, it's not. Skyward Sword, no, but that's a really good guess, Chevelle Man 1979. okay Anthem no not Anthem Okami not Okami I could see why you would guess that though are we going to the four screenshot Twilight Princess no Sea of Thieves no I think we're going to the four screenshot people Skies of Arcadia no that's a good guess Mm -hmm. Dreamcast RPG alright I think that's it alright here we go to screenshot four I can't believe this Here we go. Here it is. Killzone Shadowfall. No. No Man's Sky. No. Come on. You guys got to get it from this one. We have a winner. Erebus Jones with World Mm. of Warcraft. I can't believe it took so long. A lot of Kingdom Hearts 3s. Yep. It is World of Warcraft. Can you see it now? No? Hmm. And then here's the fifth one. Which Mm. definitely would have given away.
1: Look at bottom left there. I mean, yeah, that's Warcraft tech, I guess. Yeah. So anyway... It also could be any MMO since world of warcraft came out i mean they they've really? ripped, they they've ripped that style of architecture off for everything elf related since but then. with the totality of the other screenshots is what i'm saying like it all i don't up. recognize any of that as warcraft interesting like I, I don't I'm, i don't it's know. cartoony art style yeah yeah but everything looks like that there's nothing i mean i think i've seen that lily pond before but like yeah i, I wouldn't recognize any of that okay I well might Erebus guess- jones did I might have guessed World of Warcraft in that final one, just because it looks like the elf Oh, you style, definitely would have guessed but... it once you saw the bottom
0: left. The, that mm-hmm. insignia is like, it's, it's World of Warcraft, basically. Here's another round of
1: applause for Erebus Jones, because... And Drellock says the, the ghouls on the bottom right gave away, but I can't see that from here. Oh. So. Yeah. That monitor is dark, and there's a tripod in the way.
0: Yeah, our monitor here, it's dark. It's hard to see. It's a little far away. Um, but first of all, mm-hmm. Erebus Jones, is good to see... A sifter like you win. Um, Erebus is a regular on the site like you all should be, but he's really an important part of our community, and I love seeing people like that win. So congratulations once again. Erebus, you know how to get in touch with me. We communicate all the time on the site. So just hit me up, uh, send me a message as a reminder, and I'll get your free code, and congratulations once again. Uh, and with that we actually have some time for some q a in this week's episode something we haven't really been able to do for a couple episodes i think last week we squeezed in two questions and we shouldn't have it ended up making the show over by like five minutes uh but we have about 10 minutes to answer your questions so if you got them get them into the chat as always go at sifted games so it makes it easier for us to see them and let me pull you guys up here so everybody else can see what you're asking this is for Vidya games thank you for twitch prime man that's awesome um, JM Rain thank you for Twitch Prime Jam Rain thank you for gifting all the subs man that's awesome thank you um, and I think I saw Listeved also uh, gifted some subs so thank yeah. you for that as well also by the way the owner of LS Cream our main man at LS Cream big thanks to his sponsorship um, let's see what else we got here uh, from Listeved why can't they make Spider-Man um, two players
1: they can they Why didn't they? Didn't, they didn't want to. Yeah. Why do you think that they made that, that decision? I think they realized that it's going to be stronger as a single player game with, uh, you know, enhanced like seeing the other Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I certainly speculated they might do a co-op thing back when you know, when, at the after the first game came out and it became clear that Miles was was you know going to be the future uh, of of the franchise there. Um, but they've decided that that's not the way they want to go. Yeah. So, okay. That's, that's. I mean, that's just a creative choice. They could have. I'm sure.
0: Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I would. You, I would like to play cooperatively. I think it'd be cool to be have two people out in the open world and like be able to call each other. And be like, I need help, and I run over and like help you out on some battle that you're having, and then maybe
1: we join up and we. I don't know. I think it could be fun. I'd rather they focus on making the strongest single-player game they can. Okay. Because otherwise you're taking, oh, now you got to make it go online. Now you got to be able to like, have the play online. It's like it adds a whole separate thing Yeah. that I would probably use for ten minutes and never touch again. Okay. I think this stuff where you can go jump in on a on a random crime and the other Spider-Man is sometimes there already doing stuff and you team up and do stuff. I think that's way cooler than playing with another player. So I, it's I like more that. surprising for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, El Guapo3385 which dev made the biggest pivot in terms of quality genre etc from one game to the next I think Gorilla shifting from Killzone to Horizon is the first one that comes to mind for me conversely also add Lionhead for the dip in quality from Fable 2 to Fable 3
1: I mean Gorilla's a strong one
0: I mean I think all studios get better with every game but which one had like the most drastic jump up I think a lot of times that occurs when you're changing generations and mm. the studio gets access to better tools, better engine, better hardware. I mean, they, Witcher
1: two to Witcher three is a it's gigantic.
0: It's like gigantic. Yeah. I mean, but you look at CD project red, like then from Witcher three to cyberpunk, a lot of people would say that that was probably a parallel or a sidestep lateral
1: move at best. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, that's a big leap was, was to Witcher three. Yeah. Um,
0: I think Rare's, when it went from making 2D games to 3D games, that was a huge leap for Rare. Rare was just one in a billion when it was making 2D games. And then it went to 3D. It quickly became one of the preeminent developers in the entire industry.
1: Yeah, although I would argue that, like... I mean, I don't like the Donkey Kong Country games very much. But I think there's a lot of people who would argue that GoldenEye is about on par with Donkey Kong Country. I mean, that Rare was just making excellent things constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, I would say, Killzone was... Not yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> um, but I think in general, most developers I would say get I would for
1: me, Naughty Dog going from Crash garbage to Uncharted one was that's, that's a big that's leap, a huge. It also huge just a, such
0: a huge shift in tone yeah. as well. I mean, you can say that about Insomniac as well. Like it went from making mm-hmm. like these cutesy like platformer games to making some more serious games and moving on mm-hmm. to Spider Man and and then the biggest dip down may have been fuse or whatever fuse was a bad insomniac's bad
1: game bad choice yeah. yeah that was a dip down for sure yeah. hell you could say disruptor to ratchet that's true their first game disruptor and yeah. then jumped to yeah it's a yeah, big, it's a big leap change. too yeah,
0: there's lots of instances of that that's a really good question of guapo thank you man uh let's see uh, swan then what is your favorite game simply based on moment-to-moment gameplay well, I guess I would not want to admit this because I know you guys will hate me for it. But probably for me, just being honest, it's probably Call of Duty. Because of just the fact that I've played it so much for so many years in a row, I must really like it. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I can figure. So, for me, it's probably got to be Call of Duty. What about you, Matt? I don't
1: know how to answer that question, really.
0: Like, just the moment to moment. Like, just to feel the how it plays. Like, what? Is there I any game that really is? Know. Like, what about Destiny 2?
1: The headshots and stuff in that feel sort really of, good. But, like, I don't know. Like. Mm, there's other games that do other things better i don't i don't have a pick for that
0: okay uh, mega drive guy thank you for twitch prime that's awesome 34 months four months streak
1: and honestly the real answer to that is probably tetris for no. every for everybody oh, I, I think you're
0: probably I, right actually <laughs> that's a good point uh the legacy why are steam games cheaper if valve takes 30 percent just like sony microsoft and nintendo and console game sales are better Well, the reason the Steam games are cheaper is because they don't sell as well as consoles. Like, Mm. they need to incentivize you with discounts, whereas on console they don't. And I would argue a big part of that is because there are so many uh, more games available for PC than there are for consoles. Like... There every month on PC, there's like 150 games released. At this point on consoles, there's like 15 <laughs> released every month. Like mm-hmm. the number of games released for consoles has just fallen through the floor. So that's what I would say. What do you think, Matt?
1: I mean, that's probably it. Also, like you know, if you can even find the games on Steam through all the porn they put up now. No, you're right. Um, just digging through the upcoming releases section it's just like, where are the actual games, games. please? This yeah. is like, sw- like. It needs better filtering options. Yeah, this is like Nintendo eShop level garbage. Yeah.
0: Or I mean, all the shots are kind of that way now. PlayStation's isn't any better PlayStation's man.
1: PlayStation's got some bad but at least PlayStation usually has a section that like a little little horizontal section is like the main upcoming stuff people care about. Yeah. Um but like you go to the like, like looking you know, looking around to see if Mirage was gonna be on Steam, Steam's not really any help on that. Because yeah. like just because I don't see it doesn't mean it's not on there because it's buried under a bunch of crap. Yep. Yep. Um, so I don't know like I
2: mm.
0: uh Eric Carman has asked who the backup QB for Pittsburgh is. it doesn't matter because it, as it turns out the Steelers starter is not really injured <laughs> he's gonna be able to play next week even though he went out of the game acting like he had blown out his ACL it turns out he was barely even injured so that's really encouraging um Toon Medic what's your favorite console of all time Matt
1: hmm probably the 360
0: close for me it's my favorite 3d console yeah favorite 2d probably super nintendo favorite 2d probably saturn saturn which was a hybrid i guess but really all the best (laughs) stuff on that that is (laughs) 2d (laughs) yep uh zet saber juno straight fries crinkle fries or waffle fries curly fries yeah you forgot curly fries which are good only because they're always seasoned differently why is that I don't know why do they season curly fries differently from other. Fries? I don't know, but everybody else could learn <laughs> they from could, that. Yep, I like straight fries the most. Um, yeah, so like McDonald's fries, I think are probably the best as long as you
1: eat them while they're hot. And then they're like awful if they're cold. I would I would rank curly fries, waffle fries, crinkle fries, straight fries. I think straight. Although I do like McDonald's fries best. Yeah, again, when they're hot. Yeah, um, well, cold fries are not. They're good just for bad in general. Yet. Yep. That's, really just, that's just a cold potato. Nobody yeah, it is. That. You can't
0: reheat French fries; they always are awful. Uh, M.K. with comeback stories like Cyberpunk and No Man's Sky, is re-reviewing something that needs to be explored as a more common practice. Would you leave previous score or add a new one for Metacritic? Well, the first thing is you would have to work with Metacritic in and some that way. that is the real and that is a big challenge. problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that was a period with when we were you know when we were doing the, the five point scale where we just couldn't make any headway with them because like. They kept translating three out of five on X-Play scale to 60%. And we're like, that's not what three means yeah. on our rating scale. Yeah, like it's like we, a 70-75. Yeah. yeah, and they wouldn't. But like no, they're mathematically that's what that means. Like, but that's not what the three means when you give something a three out of five on a, a five point scale. Yeah. And these you're didn't like, care. this is our scale, right. not yours. You don't decide what to do with our scale. And like they were like, and like, well, that, but mathematically is what it means. So it's going to have to. I'm like, well, then you are incorrectly representing the reviews. Yeah, and what what they're saying. So your metrics are wrong. But well, you have the publisher. Oh my on God! You. I. It was like we just ins- kicked their dog. <laughs> like that that phone call ended up with with someone hanging up on you each other like that, that again that's why x-play's reviews were not on metacritic for the last few years because, because
0: the publishers get mad they're like wait a minute a three out of five that's not really a 60 is it no. and then they call me and i'm but like no, was, it's change. not a 60 and we're
1: like you're literally like like if you had not been rating threes out of fives as 60s the you know obsidian might have gotten their bonus for new new vegas yeah and they didn't care right they did it not matter yeah it makes a difference absolutely um all right well we're gonna have to call it there
0: that's Game Face 360 in the books. We'll be back next week. We'll be reviewing um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, mm-hmm. among other games. This month is going to be awesome, so I hope we can find you guys back here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Um, it would be great if you could help us out financially. The month just turned over, which is always a grim day for me because that just means we just lost another 10 or 15 patrons, which just happened again today. Uh, so if you can see it in your heart to help us, that would be really awesome. We could really use it. Uh, head to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. Uh, you can pledge a $1, dollar, $100 a month, whatever you want, whatever you can afford. Uh, but if you just pledge $4 a month, you get all our content early. You get Game Face four days early. You get Pactor Factor a week early. You get all our other content at least three days early. And again, we are probably the cheapest gaming Patreon of the major gaming Patreons. We do appreciate that. If you don't have any money, there's still a bunch of stuff you can do to help us. You can review the game on the podcast service that you listen to the show. I said review the game. You can review the show on whatever podcast service you listen to the show on. It makes a big difference for the metrics. When somebody searches video games in the podcast services, the ones that pop up are the ones with the most reviews and the ones with the most recent reviews. Most of the reviews for our show are like five years old, eight years old. Um, If you could do that, that'd be great. That's a great way to help us without any money or you can help us financially. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, there's this thing called Twitch Prime where you can subscribe to our Twitch channel if you're a subscriber to Twitch Prime or to Amazon Prime for free. And that gives us a free $2.50 per month, but you do have to re-up it every month. I hear you, it sucks, it's lame. Um, I put in a ticket at Twitch like four or five years ago asking for the feature to let it auto-renew. And I get alerts every like three days from somebody else who is like, yeah, what the hell? Like, why can't I just say I want to give this channel my sub and just let it keep happening every month? Unfortunately, Twitch won't change its policies. So you have to go and do it every month. And we would really, really appreciate it. That money makes a big difference for us. So... I think that's it. Congratulations to Erebus Jones for winning Name That Game. Uh, thanks for everybody to everyone for playing. Thanks for everybody who showed up in chat today. As always, you guys make the show much better. Um, you fact-check us in real time so we don't have to come back next week and be like, we got this wrong and we got that wrong. Like a lot of podcasts do, you guys are awesome. So, you ready for Assassin's Creed Mirage, Matt? Are you excited for it? I don't
1: know if excited's no? the word. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm excited like like for I'm it. Curi- I, mean, I haven't played an actual Assassin's Creed game in a long time, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's been rough for me, because I've had the code, but I've had to play this other stuff for the show today, Mm -hmm. so I can finally really dive in when I get home from the show today. I'm really excited for it.
1: It's the first, like, traditional Assassin's Creed since, what? Syndicate? I mean, you would call Syndicate traditional? I mean, it's the same formula, running around an open map doing the kind I of guess. standard thing you know, it was after I mean it's it felt like it already jumped the shark and moved on at I mean point. that was how it, it, it played the way I Assassin's felt like
0: was. the third one was the last like OG Assassin's Creed no right? they're
1: all OG until uh, until Origins interesting when they changed to being giant open world action RPGs yeah
0: um, I felt like that stuff was already creeping in there at that point though
1: they'd, they'd always had some sort of like upgrade system and like level up system but like no nah, Assassin's Creed was the same thing all the way up to Syndicate Certainly, certainly, Unity was very. You go back and play Unity. Unity is very traditional Assassin's Creed. That was open world, though. It was an open city. Yeah. It was an open world. I mean, you, there was you loading. You couldn't. I mean, you couldn't leave. They've always been that. There was never loading in Assassin's Creed. But that's an open world when there's no loading. Right, but it's an open city. It's not a world, really. It's, it's well, like, we're it's, never going to have an open world. Right, but you're just in Paris. You don't leave <laughs> it's the city. What I mean is it's just a city. You don't leave anyway, the city. Anyway, forget it. For, forget there I was, asked. There were three cities in a whole in a whole countryside in Assassin's Creed 1. Uh, Unity was a much smaller production, but it still yeah. played exactly like that same, you know, use the eagle vision, use the location. Or yeah. this, this is a glitchy because we're in a simulation. Ha, ha, ha. That kind of thing. I mean,
0: I'm excited for it. I can't wait to play it. I hope you guys are excited to hear about it in next week's show. Um, I hope you guys have a great week full of awesome games, uh, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Game faces is up and out.